Uh, I was watching a regular show a little while ago. And they have a bit with uh, Real the Real where they go to some like planet and there's Captain Real the Real and uh, Captain Black and White. And they they're like superheroes who are washed up because their services aren't used anymore. Ooh. And then well, they run works. into DVD and Blu-ray, <laughs> which are like super cool, epic physical mediums. And then these guys are like your cool people. But then streaming shows up, and it's this giant. Oh, you yellow talked about this. That's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you, you talked about this in the regular show. And streaming just calls everybody obsolete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. So that's about right. Here's a here's a thing on that for me that is interesting. Mike will have this somewhat, but my daughter. Uh, oh, I just lost. Like, no, I'm. That's oh, me. okay, that's good. Me. Oh, you're he's, fine. You're fine. You're fine. Um, uh, my you're daughter. Does not have an immunity to advertising the way that I know that we do, and I expect that you guys have like a fair amount. Oh, of course. Um, so like that stuff goes right over. Like I was like, you're not selling me that. I know that I don't need it. Like you're just trying to convince me that I need. Yeah. When she sees an ad for cereal <laughs> or for a toy or for a theme park, she's like, I want it. Our lives are empty. <laughs> she's, she's like eight, and she's like. I couldn't. I don't know how we ever lived without it, and it's because she's never lived in a world where the shows aren't the show you want to watch when you want to watch it as many times as you want to watch oh. it. She, she like she has no idea what it feels like to watch an episode of a show and go, "That was the best one ever." I hope I get to see it again in eight months when it, it comes on again. Reruns, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like you have yeah. no control over the rerun mm-hmm. when it airs. If there's gonna be a mm-hmm. baseball game instead, yeah. So yeah. I've watched her watch an episode of Gravity Falls twelve times. Uh. Because she likes to. She's, yeah. like, that's, she's like, I like that one the best. I'm going to watch it over and over again. Okay. It, it is, it's maybe one of the best animated shows of the decade. Um, that's something okay. that I every time somebody asks me if I would rather be born, like, um, in the 80s or whatever. No. So, the no. answer is no. 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 First, yeah. <laughs> but, like, because, you know, I'm an old soul. I like that type of stuff, right? Mm. I say no because I think the generation we are born in is probably, like, the pinnacle for media and pop culture yeah. in terms of Easy. access Easily. and evolution towards uh, more access, you know? So, like, we, we know what what's, that's like to wait for a new episode every week and maybe see it again, that same episode, throughout the week yeah. on the same show, right? Yeah. And oh, then we don't now, want that anymore. <laughs> and now we're spoiled to just be like, okay, I'm just going to go back on Netflix and rewatch this thing. Right. You know? So, so like... I was talking about about which one is kind of better or which one like you know like I don't the think pinnacle of it. A better. Well, I don't know about better, but yeah. I, I, to, to, to your point though, you know, uh, I was talking with Carrie, uh, one of our one of our reporters, mm. uh, just yesterday, and I said, "What might be I'm interesting? Better. Yeah, yeah <laughs> what might be interesting is um, the 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 same." vulnerability she has for advertising mm-hmm. might mean that her generation is more innovative about stuff because to me that idea of like the so like when when I was a kid you couldn't just say like how could I get the, sh- the episode I want to be on the TV today that's not a thing like you're just they're gonna air the one they air and you're gonna like it or or not um yeah. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. good. I just want to make it's, sure it's, I wasn't the only person yeah. hearing that. No. I, I was <laughs> waiting to chime in. I think it's the AC duct. Um, it's, it's the light. Is it the light? It's a power. If more of them are on than usual. We'll just do it. We'll it's do a it. power thing with that light right there. Oh, I got you. Because even when the light's off, it's like I think it's like a loose something. Oh, that's why I thought it was AC because the yeah. Anyway, um, so but but I was saying like um, so you know when you think of something like uh like a self-driving car, yeah. 
like her generation would be more likely to be like, what if we just make like cars that come to you when you need to go somewhere, and then they take you somewhere, and then you get out, but not not a cab, not like somebody, mm-hmm. not nothing with a driver, but like I would go like that sounds crazy, but bring it on. Yeah, but like. That might just be because for her, on demand makes sense for everything. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't. I want this yeah. now. Yeah. And so, like, it would be easy to fall into the trap of, like, like you know, well, maybe that generation will just be, like, super selfish and not able to, like, <laughs> be patient about it. And she does have patience issues. But, like, it also means that, like, things that seem obvious to her. Yeah. Like, why don't you just watch that episode seven times if you like it so much to her? Mm-hmm. That just makes sense. So I'm I'm curious about media is the easiest one to do that with, mm-hmm. but I'm curious about the other parts of life that we are just like used to. This is the limitation. No, it's not. Like not really. <laughs> do we want to get mic checks in? You got yours. Is that okay? I thought we were doing just the show. About. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah. This is still part of the show. That to be it. Uh, Jared just keeps yeah. all get of used this. to it. I do. Jared keeps all of this, and then eventually, at some point, it runs into us again. Yeah. He just decides, I want this in the episode. Yeah. yeah. This is all part of the show. <laughs> I'm in! Every mic is always live. Yeah. yeah every, every mic's a hot mic. Hey, welcome to Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. I'm your host, Jared. I'm Patrick. That's our sound guy, Joe. Say something. What do you want me to say? <laughs> and that's patience in the background. Welcome to my world show. <laughs> Today, this is Delta episode, what month is it? August 8th? 8th, yeah. Delta 8th, and this is a very special episode because today, in the booth, we have special guest stars from Free Song Stories over at WGCU, Mike Canary. Hi. <laughs> and Richard Chinqui. Hey, what's up? They are hosts, co-hosts, co-creators all that stuff of a little little uh, podcast called Three Song Stories that I so happen to be interning for. And I've done multiple shout-outs and ads uh, for it throughout the time. And, and you were a guest on it. And I was a guest on it. And you hosted and you it. Hosted and I hosted an episode with a guest from our very own Justin Paprocki, the Eagle Media Supervisor, and uh, Keyshawn Fraser, uh, the station manager for Eagle Radio. So, the reason why they're here it's because, well, the main premise of, of, or the main focus of this episode is... Yeah, what are we doing here, Jerry? <laughs> this is going to be like... <laughs> still kind of fuzzy here. on it. <laughs> uh, we, we briefly talked about it, like, when we were, like, first talking about you guys coming on the show. About generation generational differences on how we uh, absorb our media. Mm-hmm. And in terms of pop culture, which includes music, video games, whatever. All that stuff. And that's, like, the, the like premise of what we're talking about and we'll just see where the conversation goes all right this is this is a very loose free-range episode you know as deltas should be so i have a quick question about that name delta episode so this is the eighth one which means you've been doing them basically every month Mm -hmm. since the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. is this the delta variant but i don't think we had that term in january (laughs) no we did not I was thinking so you might move on. So it's kind of your fault. No, what? <laughs> well, I, I guess I, I don't even know the heck we're I, talking no, about. No, I understand. No, no you do. Is, is of the variant. The Delta variant. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's it's my fault. Is your I mean, fault? Yeah, I'm the one without you it. Saw, you saw it ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> I try to warn everybody. but I, my, we, we, we tell everybody like once a month, hey, Delta, Delta. Cool. You know? <laughs> Pay attention to Delta. <laughs> You're doing a public service. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. That's that's all we do. That's what this show is. We We try to... Make sure that the generation now knows about pop culture. You know, we try to mm-hmm. educate them. That's that's the bit. That's the bit. <laughs> Thanks. Jared. And that's why what that's that's why we're here. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. So I yeah. guess to start off, 
I'll let you guys describe what you guys do in three song stories yourselves Ooh. on the show. Three songs. All right. Like, what uh, is it? You know. You go first, Mike. Uh, it's podcast. Uh, we are at episode 182 or 183, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, we invite guests to pick three songs that if they hear them, it will always revive a memory. And that seems to turn on people's willingness to talk about themselves. And so we use that as the foundation of getting to know somebody. Mm-hmm. We listen to music. We talk about music. We have a lot of fun. Sometimes it gets serious. I'm the host, primary host, not the only host, but the primary host and, uh, and co-creator with Mr. Chinqui. Hey, yeah. Um... Uh, let's see, what's the short version? I'll do the super short version. Um, Mike and I used to walk around and do little coffee walks, actually, out here to the Starbucks. And mm-hmm. um, and then back to uh, the radio station after our talk show that we make. And the radio talk show, the Gulf ra- Coast Life. Yeah, Gulf Coast Life is a radio talk show that we produce. And uh, we started kicking around this idea uh, of a show. And after about a month and a half or so of those walks and talks about, like, how would it, how would it look? Who would be on it? What would we talk about? How long would it be? All, all of the production stuff that you kind of have to figure out first if you want a successful show. We decided that we had talked it to death and that there were kind of no more notes to figure out. So we did a pilot episode with me as the mm-hmm. guest. Mike interviewed me. And then we kind of sent that out to people that we trusted to, you know, friends, family, people who listen to like lots of podcasts, people who could give us good feedback. And then we just said, hey, you know, if we did a bunch of these with strangers that you don't know, what what would your takeaway be? And all, I mean... Fairly universal, like very few notes. Very fairly universal love for the idea. Um, the, uh, the premise uh, is pretty uh, effective on people. So here's the quick: everybody has songs that if you heard it, like you're just minding your own business and you heard it in your car or whatever, that it would transport you back to a specific moment in your life, like a, a day, a place. You could tell us like who was with you, what the room looked like, um, and when you hear that song, you find yourself in that place because there's a story. Something happened that uh, that attached that song to your memory in that day. And then we just make our guests find three of those, and usually there's whittling to be done, right? You find three of those. And then there's actually five or ten. Yeah, but you're not allowed five or ten. You're allowed three. You come in, and we listen to them. Um, the full song. We listen to them in the studio with the good headphones. Yeah. And then, and then we just say, like, okay, so obviously when you hear that, you went somewhere. Where? Like, When? You know who's with you what what's the story something happened and so over the course of three songs and three stories about those songs uh, you really get to meet a person and so um, we call it the tagline is biography through music oh yeah and uh, after Jared plugged the podcast for like 12 times hey, on hours hey. I decided to like grab listen to a bunch man I, I I'm a fan now oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, well, thank it's you. good it's it's um it's like it's such a. It feels like an original idea. I'm guessing it, it's. It really is, and like it. Re- you guys really guide it in a way that like I feel like I can see those memories too from mm. other people. Very cool. And, and I'm hoping you guys remember a lot about your show because I do have a game for you. Uh, Let's play a game. Are there segues. prizes? Do um, we get prizes? There is the prize of pride. Oh, right. <laughs> because this game is called "Do You Know Your Co-Host Songs." Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I do anymore. I don't think I do. Uh, yeah. So, oh, um, uh, I have two rounds where I will ask one okay. of you for the others, <laughs> and then um, we'll game. have the face-off round with your other co-host, Tara Callaghan. Tara. 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 Sorry. Yeah, I, got, I got a lot of flack by calling her Tara. Uh, I got a Tara. lot of flack for that, yeah. I apologize. It's spelled Tara. Oh, yeah, I know all three of yours. <laughs> and then, um, and then we'll, if we so have a tie, sweet. we have the tiebreaker of Jared Gonzalez. Don't, don't worry about Jared. I don't even know if I remember all three of mine. 
Go. All right. <laughs> so first off, we'll go with Mike. So Richard, do you know any of Mike's three song story songs? Um, is there a Blood on the Track song? No. No. What is Blood on the Track? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I genuinely don't. Yeah. Oh. So I'm so sorry. There's 180 episodes in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one oh, we God, have gonna hurt Roll Over Beethoven with Chuck Berry. Yeah, uh, You're one. a loser, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how many times. Okay, wait. In my defense, in my defense, when we make an episode of three, three Song Stories, I listen to the songs that we use in that episode to edit them into that the mashup that I make. I listen to each of those three songs probably eight times each. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember two weeks ago's songs. Oh, no. But, that go is ahead. fair. That is but, fair. But, All right, Roll we also have DJ Don't Cry by Moxie Freemus. Oh, Don't BJ Cry. Don't Cry. BJ, I should have remembered BJ Don't Cry. Yeah, by Moxie Freemus. And last one, That's a me. cover of Who Walks In When I Walk Out by Louis Armstrong no. by Fiddle Fiddle Six. Six. No. But I should have remembered BJ Don't Cry. I should have just guessed a Moxie Freemus yes, song. Yes, you should have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I do accept artists as well. They're, they're half yeah. points. Yeah, Mike is the high, the high priest of this acapella Canadian band that they weren't all acapella. Well, that's fair. Okay, okay. High multi harmony. Yes. Uh, Canadian band that is very obscure but really, really good. And if you oh, guys, yeah. if anybody wants to be a super hipster, just get into Boxy Fruvis because you'll be listening to music that no one listens to, but you'll you know you'll know it's better than everybody else because it is. It's really good. Okay, that's confidence. They're there. weird. All right, Mike. We have. Uh, three songs for Richard. Yes. Now I'm just going to preface this by saying it, this is unfair because because it is the pilot episode. I have periodically gone back and re-listened to it yeah. because uh, I like to feel how far we've moved because we haven't really moved far. Like if you listen to the pilot episode, I feel like it feels yeah. like what we're still doing. The structure oh, yeah. is like basically still yeah. there. But know? his first song was Enter Sandman. Yep. Yep. Because uh, that's how he got his wife. It's true. <laughs> and then his second song was Tank. No, or was no. it your third song, Tank? It's my third song. Okay, okay. his third song was Tank and Cowboy Bebop, because it's pure music. It's pure music. And the middle song was a Ponyo song from one of the things you watch on video. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> You're close! You're close! You hurt, you hurt Jared so badly just now. Yeah, you made him feel bad. It's, it's Epona's song. Epona's song. Well, I was, I was trying time. to... He said, DJ, don't cry. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but I bet you remember why. Oh, yeah. It's because it's your daughter's lullaby still yeah. to this day. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. is a great story. Which I will say that both of these, both of your episodes, are actually great episodes yeah. to watch for yeah. the okay. listeners want to hop in. Right. I want, I want a shade of redemption. <laughs> I know the song that Mike can't hear without crying. Well, that's true. Which is the sloth song? The is it what is it, the that's like, what's the actual title? Like by oh, I don't know. It's, it's the it's the closing big, music big from Big Big World where he, the sloth puts there's his a, hand a up kids, on the screen. It's a kids show, Aww. and there's this big puppet sloth, like really big. <laughs> yeah. And at the end, he sings like a song to say like goodbye to the to the kids that are watching, and he puts his hand on the you know on the screen like on the camera. And my daughter was like the perfect age toddler at that age, and she'd go up and she'd put her hand. on Oh the screen. my gosh, that's adorable. And if you listen to the lyrics, it's like it's it's a song that will stay with me and my daughter for our whole life. Oh, oh I amazing. used to watch this show. Yeah. I love this show. This is the song. <laughs> the Joe's got it. Oh my god. There it is. I cannot cry this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I love this, this show. Is, this is nice. Yeah. 
Oh, wait till oh, you get man, to the, the, so the refrain at the end. Like, if we sing over it, it helps. But, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, so the end is really good because he just like la. He's like, la 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 la. You know, yeah, it's if nice. I was a kid, I would cry. Uh, I almost do. Oh. You guys remember that uh, that uh, that show with the big orange bear in the house? Uh, big bear, big bear in the house. Boom! That's the name yeah. of the show. Wow, That's, that was they didn't really think hard. They didn't about try. That name. No, they they really nailed. The high, <laughs> it's called high concept. That's like Mike. Clifford. Clifford the, the big, big red, red dog. dog. Big red yeah. dog. Yeah. Oh man, I just I heard the best thing that now I can't stop thinking about it is in Clifford. <laughs> this is so bad. In Clifford, uh, they say that he is so big because whatever Lily James or whatever whatever the girl's name is, it's because she loves him so much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like proportional. But then, like, there's the show, um, Puppy Days, I think it's called. Like, there's a there's a PBS show where Clifford's still little. Mm. Clifford, and, uh, Clifford's pop culture. And it is. And we're on. We're on well, no, I mean, she did well. Yeah, it's like, like, it's just like, wait a second. Hold on. Like, what about all the other normal dogs in that universe? Does that mean like, people they who just, they have small dogs just don't love they don't their love dogs? Them. They don't they love their dogs nearly as much. Oh, I feel bad for my dog now. I guess I don't love him enough. Oh, man. That's why. That's why all right. So, Richard, you got one point. I'll give you one Ooh, because of the, that's the nice. sad song. Thank you. Uh, Mike, you got three. Yep. And now we got Tara's uh, for the face-off. So do any <laughs> of you remember her first song? She's listening. It's it's the one she listened to. It's it's She was in a car yeah. with her friend. I remember the story. And it's a ghost story. Yeah, yeah the, the ghost story one. <laughs> But I don't remember to do what they're. Yeah, though. I know. It's just what they were yelling. They yep. were screaming it out. The, oh no! And she's listening to this too. By yeah, way. I know. She's she already mad Hi, enough that she's not here. <laughs> Whatever. Hi, Tara. Uh, th- it is Cemetery Drive by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. Um, then we have yeah. the second song. This is about. See, I know the stories. The, this is just her grandma. Yeah, and her grandma. Tina really, Turner. Oh, there you go. Do you remember the song in specific or no? I'll still give you the point. But. Uh, it is a uh, cover or uh, her rendition of Rolling on the River. Yeah, 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 got yeah. Got to do, got to do this. <laughs> All right. Tina Turner. Mike's got four, and the last song. Oh boy, it's got a really long name. Oh, of of hers. Yeah. Um, was the oh band, oh oh no um uh, Coheed. Is it Coheed and Cambria? Yeah, Coheed you, got, you Cambria? got the band. Yeah. I don't know any of the Which titles. I don't even know that band at all. I, I, I remember those words. <laughs> Mike wins five to one. I, du- I dug through all the bands beforehand just to kind of get like an idea of all your uh, the music you guys yeah. chose. And like it was just a uh, whole experience because mm-hmm. I haven't heard most of these people. Uh, but yeah, it is uh, Three Evils Embodied in Love and Shadow oh, yeah. uh, by Coheed and Cam. Yeah. All right. The, ding, ding. The... Um, Good job, Mike, for winning. Yeah, you got kicked your ass. You did. (laughs) Four to one. Yeah, I'm buying you. I'm buying you a coffee. I'm gonna give you one of my points just to make it closer. Oh, thanks. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Still no tiebreaker though, so Jared, we don't get to talk. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) Um, That's that's the magic about three song stories, I think. As as noticing from as an intern, just working. Or I guess from what we were talking about earlier, yeah. we wouldn't really call it working, right? <laughs> well, we wouldn't really call it pay. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> you accomplish things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, oh, I get, absolutely. I get paid an experience. Yes. You um, get credits on the show. That's true, and that's fine by me. Uh, the magic about it is, for you can go from like episode fifty-eight to episode one sixty-two, and the choices of music is like could be super like on the nose like close to each other could all be like 
Alright, reggae, uh, ska, and something else and funk, maybe. But then the other one, like, uh, another, choose another two random ones, and it's like, okay, you got heavy metal, some 50s doo-wop, and, like, some pop. You know, yeah. it's... It's like well, beautiful. I like I listen. Think. I listen to. Uh, I want to listen to my friends' episodes first. <laughs> so I listen to K's and I listen to yours. Yeah. Um, and literally, it was just like, Keyshawn's just like a mu- modern music fanatic. Yeah. He knows like, and so it's all mostly all. <laughs> it, some of them relate to older memories when mm-hmm. he was younger, but it was mostly all stuff relating to that time that he was in. And then I listen to Jared's episode, and everything's like years <laughs> before he was even born. <laughs> just about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the magic, and like for me, especially as uh, since we do a show about pop culture and the music is involved, um, that opens my eyes to like and ears to more different bands and stuff. Mm. So like Genesis, I didn't know about him until um, I forget I forget his name. See, is I it forget Clay Motley. Uh, maybe Clay. No. Uh, but you see, I was I was that's yeah. What happened. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So, like Genesis, I learned through being part of the show, and like I don't know, there's Moxie Fruvis for yeah. There's there's a lot of artists that I never knew about until. Yeah, we're on. we're still trying to work out the details on getting this done. This is probably be, this was part of your job actually when you first came on. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to compile all of the songs from across our guests and. Uh, get a paid Spotify account so people can search for us on Spotify, oh. and we'll make a playlist. Mm-hmm. The three song stories, like playlist. it's a bit a bit just like all the songs, but oh, like yeah. how I mean I can't think of like a, a wider like eclectic set because it's literally just 180 like guests times three. Now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoy <laughs> when <laughs> the story um, creates. Uh, like a, either a willingness or like a desire to hear a song that I would not hear otherwise. So like just like you said, you might not run into one. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times. Uh, I'll give you an example. Cole Peacock's third song. And it's like it's the er example for this is uh, his third song is about uh, like loss and um, like sudden family loss. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give it too fine a point because Cole Peacock's episode is actually one of my favorite episodes. So go listen to it. But um, the song. <laughs> Is um, chicken fried? Is that the title? Chicken fried, chicken fried, something like yeah. that. Zach Brown band. Yeah, so it's it, like it, pop country. It's like, well, you know, I'm a chicken fried. Grow up on Sunday night. Wow. Like it's just, I mean, it's pop country yeah. through and through. It's just a wacky with song. Radio. But with the story, we were like both crying in the studio, I've, I've and never, we're not people that cry at each other, you know. Yeah, I had never heard it, so like you said, right? Because you're just not exposed to it, but. If I ever heard it, I would be like, well, that's the last time I'm going to hear that <laughs> because yeah. I, don't, I don't care about this song. Mm-hmm. But the story that goes with it, if I was if I was in a restaurant or like in a grocery store or like flipping radio channels and I heard it, I would stop and just listen to the rest of the song because yeah. it's just so cool. And that happens a lot on the show where we run into songs where there are genres that we don't hit a lot or maybe a more obscure song. And I know that I'm probably never going to run to it into again uh, because it's not inside my wheelhouse of listening. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear 30 yeah. other songs like that. But if I hear it, that then, one that one matters. And that yeah. exemplifies what happens. So we're, we're leveraging the power of music and memory. And then you sit there and you hear these stories of these people. And then later in your life, you hear that song and you remember their story. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, like that really exemplifies how ideas pass along and how music crystallizes memory in a different way. Because that wouldn't happen in every context. Yeah. But like I'll be in Home Depot and a song comes along and I'm like, 
oh, that's Megan Kissinger. I'm on her back porch painting birds or whatever, you know? Yeah. So anyway. and, in, a, in a pop culture context, mm -hmm. um, you know, what that really is, is it's like um, it's like an individual version of what composers do, right? Because, like, if I play, like, the Indiana Jones theme song, mm -hmm. Like, you feel a thing. And what's more important is I feel the same thing. Like, you feel a thing, and I feel a thing, and you feel a thing. Like, that song does something to you, but if you've never seen it, it just feels like it feels, right? It's jaunty, like, it, you know, but but it doesn't make you think about all of the things that just flashed through your head when you did that. And I just really like that there's a connectivity there that that scores especially. And this was something that Mike pointed out that I didn't even notice uh, when when I was getting ready to do my episode, and he pointed out, and it kind of stopped me in my tracks. And he said, "What do you think about the fact that two of the songs don't come from music? Like mm -hmm. they're like my second song is from a video game, and my third song is from an anime. Mm -hmm. And um, and we talked about other songs in that episode that were from things. And I was like, I had not considered how very little music for music's sake that I'd listened to in my life, but how very much music I listen to because of the media that I consume. Like, I love the Kill Bill soundtrack. Right. So right. I, I love the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack. Um, I think that's something we, can, we as, if anything, we all here can uh, attest to because I know I listen to uh, a lot of video game music by itself because I want to, and yet I listen to a bunch of oldie stuff mm -hmm. because that's what I like to listen to. You know, like Final Fantasy uh, uh, soundtracks yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Uematsu is a great time. A killer. Yeah. Uematsu is genius. Yeah. Well, it, similar mm -hmm. thing with me too. I uh, I grew up with parents who didn't really allow me to listen to a lot of music. It was like Christian music only. Me too. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was this thing where like I couldn't really appreciate music, but in during that same amount of time. I was also playing a lot of video games, and so one of the uh, types of music that brings the most nostalgia and feeling yeah. to me is video game music, especially from like GameCube and Wii, because mm -hmm. that's when I was growing up. That mm -hmm. was the music I would sit down and listen to because I really had no other option. Uh, and it's so it's like this thing where like I, I love the fact that it's it's all music and it all evokes these feelings and stuff like that. And it's, oh, it's so cool. And since Joe doesn't have a mic, I'll speak in behalf. Uh, the Halo ODST. Soundtrack yeah. is one of his favorite. The overworld theme for that yes. is maybe one of the best. Um, mm -hmm. The the atmosphere that they set in the background music while you are just moving around that sandbox world. Perfect. Is is really it's <laughs> devastating. I mean that that's still Marty O'Brien I think. Yes. And O'Donnell. Uh, O'Donnell sorry yeah Marty Marty O'Donnell is maybe one of the best video game composers ever. I mean like if you if you made a top ten that's not a problem for him to make. Um, uh. I think that uh, his work on like so so th that I don't think he was in he wasn't in it. Um, the second Destiny game has a track in it very early when the whole thing kind of falls apart and you're in. Out oh, in the I know what you're talking. And about. there's that violin. It hits and hard. I I didn't realize. Well, I mean, I, you know, I played it and then I didn't realize. Like, I was like, "Ooh, that's good. That's pretty." And like four months later. I was just watching like a YouTube video, and the guy used like like the two core, the, the two first notes, for like a quick like smash reaction. You know, it was just like you know, cut to black and white, just for funny. But I realized that just those two notes was enough for me to recognize a song that I had heard six months earlier once. Yeah. And I was like, oh my, that's I mean that's some kind of magic that people are doing. Um, but then, you know, there are people who went to Star Wars once in the theater. Mm -hmm. And then, like years later, they might hear right, but <laughs> right. 
I just mean I saw the right. original Star Wars in the, in the theater. theater. I know, but <laughs> but like, but if you but if you hear for for somebody who if you had seen it once, it would be a while before you have access to it again. But the first time you hear that score, mm-hmm. right? Just that first, just the first bah, just the first horn hit, yeah. and you're like, "Ooh, that's Star Wars!" Like, yeah. How? Yeah. Like, your brain like stored it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Star Wars, and oh boy, something that we were talking about uh, oh. before, <laughs> um, Star Wars Visions. Mm. That's that's a new thing. You wanted yeah. to talk about it? Um, not specifically because I don't know any more than anybody else does. Right. Yeah. But, but like, like your yeah, your what, what is it? Um, so Star Wars Visions is a new one of the new series product things. <laughs> that Disney is cranking out at a increasingly break make wow breakneck speed, um, and it is like a series of sh- like vignettes in anime style in the Star Wars universe. And I this this is they boy they were just like checking boxes for me. They were just like yeah. and and one of the boxes that I really like check in this thing that you don't see for me enough of is um, vignette sets like um, anthology movies. So like I think the Animatrix is maybe perfect. Okay. Like it's one of the best Matrix things, and a couple of the little shorts in it are devastatingly good. Mm-hmm. Like um, and I also think um, if you like Batman at all, even a little, and I like him a lot, um, <laughs> um, then you need to watch um, Le- is it, uh, Legends of the Dark Knight, Tales of the Dark Knight, um, the Tales of Gotham City. Good lord, what it's called. Uh, I've watched Gotham Knight. I don't Gotham. know anything about this stuff. Jared's no. searching hard. I'm, there's I'm so many. Ti- there's so many Batman titles. So Tales of Gotham, Gotham City. Stuff. What? Tales of Gotham City. Tales of Gotham City. Yep. It's 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 like it's like six or seven short films in set you know set in the Batman universe, but they're all different art styles. They're all different writers, directors, and it's just it's it's really like it's gorgeous when you see a property that you know and enjoy taken rapid fire. Through, through different people's lenses because you get to see how other people experience it and they're creating like like lore at this at this pace because you mm-hmm. watch seven minutes seven minutes seven, like you, um, so I, it occurred to me literally this morning as I was driving and I was thinking about being on the show and how I had mentioned vignettes and stuff to you yeah Kill Bill which is like my favorite movie ever oh, the yeah. first well the whole thing is one movie in my head, but, <laughs> but the first half yeah that's basically a bunch of vignettes because they come in like chapters and they all come in, that's how Tarantino does it Right. Um, he he often delivers out out of linear fashion, yeah. but what I mean is like he tells these stories in different styles, in different chunks, mm-hmm. right? Like Orenishi's chapter is animated, mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and and Vernita Green, for what little she's in it, is the first part. But it's not just that it's the first part; that's the part that's the framing device for the whole rest of the thing. Like I I realized that like the chunkiness of that movie taps into the same part where it's like you're getting different flavors but it's all your favorite thing mm-hmm. I guess it'd be like if you love strawberries a lot but you have like seven different strawberry dishes here's like, chocolate dipped here's caramel dipped strawberries <laughs> you're just dipping them in different things yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a cake or a shake or sure. a salad yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that's, what, that's what I've been liking a lot with the uh, it's not to the same sense, but with the Star Wars stuff that we have going on, that you have all these different mediums that you can mm, yeah. watch mm-hmm. Star Wars. So if you're not like a big, 
live action movie person for whatever reason. Then like you got the you animated show. The shows. Clone Wars. You um, have uh, Bad Batch. You have Rebels. Resistance. But also. TV shows Mandalorian, Mandalorian. Yeah, and, and then all this vignettes thing uh, the visions that's coming out mm-hmm. which when I saw I, I sent it Studio to Trigger I sent it to our yeah Studio Trigger's in it the uh-huh. Kill a Kill people Kill a Kill, yep. the uh, it looks so, I'm so excited for those I'm just oh. I'm ready for a Gurren esque the fade to white uh, lines that they do whenever someone dies. I don't know if you're, you know <laughs> I, what I'm I, talking yeah, about. Uh, okay, so now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Mike back into this conversation in an incredible way. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Ready? I was we trying were, to because we're deep. <laughs> well, no, but we're so so we're we're in the anime hole. <laughs> but Mike, what? What uh, has anybody else here other than Mike Canary and myself watched? Um, Steins Gate. Steins Gate. Yes. Yeah. I watched like an episode. It's it's one you, of my- you owe you you're John Titor. John Titor. Don't you, watch the second season. Stop, fair. That's just fair. Stop at that's the fair. first. You need to watch at least. So normally I'm a three episodes rule person yeah. because that's mostly the rule. But you can't actually quit Steinsgate before you've watched like seven of them because fair. it just doesn't it, it doesn't pick up. And that's until. that's their fault. <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah. like it does. It, it's not that it's bad. It's that you don't even know what the show's about mm-hmm. for for like six or seven episodes. Seems seems aimless. It seems aimless. First. Yeah, I don't mean. Yeah, I don't mean that the quality. The, the episodes are perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's just you're like. Story-wise. What's the, what is this? What, yeah. what are we doing? It feels like a slice of life, but there's something missing for, like, six whole mm-hmm. episodes. Great. Like, you're like, this is a slice of life, but, like, what's that thing I feel? Mm-hmm. And then... It's- it all locks into place, and you're like, oh, no, I can't stop watching this now. <laughs> like, you have to watch the rest of it. Once it once they show you the thing... I think it's on Hulu. It, it is on Hulu. It is on Hulu. Yep. Which yeah. I got. So, um, I have been fortunate enough to be a facilitator for Michael Canary. Because your anime catalog was, you once gave me a post-it note with eight <gasps> animes did. on it, and it sat on my, it was on my refrigerator, and I watched all of them. Yeah. That was like Sword Art Online was one of them. Oh, no. way, way back, way back when Sword Art Online, um, Minecraft was the only thing. Oh, like, okay, the first okay. season was the only. <laughs> what was what was? Uh, oh. Cowboy Bebop, Cowboy Bebop was, on was on it. Yeah, yeah. You still haven't watched it. You no, haven't watched Cowboy Bebop. No, he's a cr- he's a criminal. What's wrong with you? <laughs> okay, have you watched it, Joe? Yeah, you've heard. You tank. are a weeb. You've heard Tank, right? Huh? You've heard Tank, the song. No. Might for one. me. Oh, from, then yes, yes. The, the, I didn't recognize. You're a saxophone player. Yeah. You, you should have it as your ringtone, sir. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's fair. But um, sort of online season yes. two. Not that bad. It's not that. Bad. It's, it's pretty bad. Okay. It's not that okay. bad. Okay. It's not good. I'm not saying we... it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. Did I'm gonna, I see season two? Is no. season two a new? It didn't thing? exist. It didn't, didn't exist. Okay, good. There are many and, seasons. And after I don't need to watch it. You no. don't want to. Watch I would have it. to rewatch season one anyway if I wanted to watch it. Anyway to watch it. <laughs> so, okay, here's. Man, all right, this one's. I don't watch anything but Star Trek lately. So yeah, gonna we're gonna talk about Star Trek in a little bit. I've watched 352 episodes in a row. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Star Trek in a minute here. Okay. Um. Sword Art Online, the first season. Yep was amazing mm-hmm. because it was a generally new concept and the light novel definitely lent itself to adaptation. But as the series goes on, you start to figure out that um, Kirito has some pretty aggressive plot armor. Mm-hmm. Almost and, literally. And a very large harem. <laughs> and what well, okay, that's like as every far anime. Well no okay so he's as, got a girlfriend. As far as far as harem shows go it's pretty light because yeah, yeah. he doesn't he's not entangled with any of them 
and they even do like two episodes where it's just like we're a family like the two <laughs> like him and him and Austin are like they're like they literally play house and they've got the, the UEs that are like it's yeah. it's good about that stuff um the issue is that upon second watching you start to see some of the holes in the writing um but the reason it marked myself and my wife so aggressively and then I had to suggest to everybody that I knew that hadn't seen it was the I think the third episode is the one with the, the stray cats or black cats or whatever they call it there's, there's like a guildy joins oh, the, like, and he gets them all he gets them all killed yeah. sorry yeah. spoiler alert it's, it's like a decade old <laughs> show so deal yeah. with it um but uh my brother-in-law had been using our account and he had watched all of that episode so when we started it it started it at the end oh, so no. that episode so so the first scene we see is him getting like a Christmas card and then it's like them singing and he's crying and we're like oh what is this like I don't know these voices and then we see the credits and we're like oh no so we like back it up and we go to the yeah. beginning and then we watch the whole rest of the episode and we forget over 20 minutes that this is the last scene and so like we see them all die and we see him all get depressed about it and then he gets this Christmas card and Chris and I looked at each other and we're like oh no <laughs> and I was, so I was like I hadn't seen a show to really lean into to you and your emotions and, and kind of talking about you know what it means to be responsible for other people mm-hmm. in, a, in a while and mm-hmm. so it really hit us um, so we were in you know because yeah. um, that's early that's like the second or third episode oh it yeah. Uh, it doesn't stay that good is the problem. And so I would say you're right. If the second season of that show was the first thing I had ever seen and it had been called something else, I would have been like, that's an okay anime. Pretty it, solid. It's a good, it's like a six and a half. But. It started falling off when it like it went to that fairy world. I yes, understand that's, yeah. that. Second half of the first <clears throat> yeah. season, if you want, whatever. Yeah, yeah. but like even Gun Gale. Gun Gale. So, so here's how sword art works. Yeah. Just like just like Star Trek movies. <laughs> good one, bad one, good one, bad one. Yeah. Bad one. yeah. So, um. The first half of the first season is good. The second half is bad. The first half fair. of the second season is good. The second half, is bad. fair, like, yeah. Fair. Um, and um, and also a big part of that first season is that Asuna is effectively equal. Like they they they're they're left and right hands of the same tool. Mm-hmm. And in the in the entire second arc, she is she's not there. Is she's literally in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> like 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 she's she's in a. I love the idea that she's in a coma and he's trying to deal with that, but. The character in the game yep. is useless. Yep. I would prefer she just be in the coma because they're showing us a person who can't do anything. And so then every time she's on the screen, I'm just like, well. She's time to <laughs> not pay attention like, for three minutes. I mean, it, it doesn't do anything to move anything mm-hmm. forward or her character. Her character doesn't, doesn't change. The plot doesn't change. So all those scenes are just like, let's remember, we're doing this for Asuna. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Princess Peach Syndrome. Got it. Yeah. Cool. So, so Star Trek. Yeah, I was about to, yeah, let's, uh, when I say seg, you say way, seg, way, boom. Cliff, Cliff, don't fall off cliff. (laughs) Usually, like, part of of the Delta is we go through for each one of us and talk about what we've been watching, listening to, playing throughout the month or whatever, uh so take it away. I get to go first? Yeah. Yeah. I talk a lot. Okay, so (laughs) I'm, um, I haven't had uh, uh, cable or broadcast TV for 25 years. That's probably um, a really smart decision. Yeah, and these days I, I kind of just follow one string. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I watch one. It, it, for a while, I was I'd watch one show and then I'd finish it and then I'd watch another show. About six, eight months ago, I started down this mafia road and I watched like The Sopranos and Boardwalk mm-hmm. Empire and all these different movies. So I spent like three months watching mafia stuff, which is not my style, but I did. Then I was like, I need to like cleanse my palate. So I watched Star Trek: The Next Generation, all the way through. 
Seven seasons, 25 episodes a season. Yeah. And then I started Deep Space Nine. Seven episodes, 25 episodes a season. Then I started Voyager. <laughs> and I'm halfway through season three of Voyager. And I've literally watched nothing else but that for that long, for mm. like four months. Why does it hook you? Oh, no, I just, it's like comfort food for me. Star okay. Trek, watching Star yeah. Trek, you know, it's like there's so much going on in the world. I work in the news. I have to keep up with things. I have to think real hard at work every day. I go home, Janeway's there with me. You know, the episodes I just did was a two-part episode where they go back to the 90s. Oh, yeah. And Paris falls in love with Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and and so because of that, <laughs> so Mike, you know, I was journeying with Mike because I, I, I was in my mid-adolescence when these shows were on the air. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, so you know, I was checking in with him. What episode of Next Gen? What episode of Next Gen? And then he was watching Deep Space Nine, and I realized that like, which I never watched the first time through. Right, and I did, but I didn't really grasp it because if you're that age, Deep Space Nine is a boring premise. Mm -hmm. You're like, hey, what's Star Trek about? Hey, people get in spaceships and they travel around and they find bold new worlds to discover, like discover new what new life new life forms and new civilizations yeah. to boldly go where no man's gone before. And then they're like. But we're gonna do a series about a space station. So there's that. Like, and I was like, they don't go anywhere. It's yeah. not even like, a trek. It's you know. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. a Star Trek. It's a star base. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and so and so I watched it because it was Star Trek. I like Star Trek, and it was on. And yep. again, we talked about this earlier. I couldn't control what was on. Yep. You watch yeah. what was on. It was like that or Jeopardy, right? So like, <laughs> so so I'm watching. So I'm watching these just nine. But but I never really understood how um, how deep. They had written the characters and how kind of valuable it was to have like something that was static that could grow without moving around. So I was like, you know what? Mike finished Deep Space Nine and I'm going to start it. So I'm almost done with the first season um, of Deep Space Nine and uh, it's fun. You know what's fun about it is finding parts of episodes that I didn't know that I remembered, mm -hmm. right? And then all of a sudden I'm like, I know this, I know the next scene and it happens. Um, and I love Quark. Like, yeah. Quark and Odo are the best thing that's ever happened. And to follow up the answer of like why I like Star Trek is like because I don't know it's kind of obvious, but they, it plays around with humanity by yeah. finding contrast with other civilizations, and it really plays around with like the importance of being moral as a person yeah. and as a society, and how you know how we look at I look at like our society now, and I'm like. We gonna get Star Trek? How are we gonna get Star gonna Trek? Get it's gonna be pretty hard to get Star yeah. Trek. Gonna have to break some dishes to get Star Trek. Yeah. But so like, okay, so here's a. Uh, I just I, I watched in that first season. There's one, and I came in the next day and I said to Mike, I just watched this one, and it's like peak Star Trek. It's like if you had to explain to a person who had never seen an episode of any of the shows, what what is it like? Like what are those shows like? I'd be like, watch this because that's a good. It's somebody comes to the station, mm -hmm. and his ship's falling apart, and they bring him in, and. He's it's he's a new race. They've never met him, and he doesn't understand their culture. So one of the one of the crew members decides to like take him, just kind of hey, all right, look, hang out with me until we figure out what you're gonna do. And he's showing him how stuff works. Here's a bar. Here's uh, rank for the soldiers. You know, like, and they're, they're trying to fix his ship this whole time. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of other people show up, and they're the same race. And they're like, hey, you found our guy. And he's like, they're like, yeah. And they show up, and they're like, cool. And they shackle him up, and they're like, oh, is he a criminal? No. This is, this is a hunt. Oh. He's the prey. He's the prey. Like, that's... And, like, we're hunting oh. him. And they're like, oh, well, you can't do that. But they don't do that. Because in Star Trek, they have the Prime Directive. They're not supposed to mess with other races' cultures because they they can't interfere. Right. So they're like, okay, um, that's not super. Um, and the guy who's been having him hang out with him 
and you know, he, he finds a way to sneak him off, and he's like, okay, I'm gonna only come and get you out, I'm gonna put you on this little ship, and you're gonna get away. And the guy goes, why would you do that to me? Not for me, but like, why would you do that to me? And he goes, I don't understand. And he's, I was raised my whole life for this. Like, this is what I'm, like, I'm good at it. Like, I'm, I'm supposed to, being I'm, my job is to, to, is to run, and their job is to chase me. You're taking away the only thing I have. Like, I want to die with honor. Right. And he has to figure out, like, what to do with this new information. Because, like, he can just jettison into yeah. space and, like, go run for your life. But if the person doesn't want to, what do you? how do you deal with this? That's Star Trek. That That's really cool. <laughs> I mean... I've been, uh, I've been wanting to get into Star Trek more, but I can't since there's so many. Start just there's ne- so many. Next, next gen, next generation, episode one, episode one, next yeah. generation. Q, yeah. right far Q, point. Q with the core. Q with not, the trial. Oh man, not even the Q original. Q was in the last month, no, two last month, two episodes. Yes. Ago. What? Not even the original. Yeah. <sighs> the <laughs> the original's good. No, I mean it. It, it, it laid the groundwork. It holds its place. I, but I think next they had to gen out the show is was. peak. Okay. Yeah. Like why Star Trek is can okay. be good. Is, okay. You know Picard. Picard is the best yeah. captain. For me, Star Trek was always kind of the same thing as him because like anytime a show is like more than two, three seasons, I'm already a little hesitant. Three like, seasons. This is different series of the same franchise. I know. I know. So, like some of my friends will be like, "Yo." Watch One Piece, the anime with over <laughs> oh, a thousand, thousand episodes. episodes. Yeah, no, thank you. And it's like, uh, you know, no. <laughs> like it can be yeah. an amazing show, but it's so mm-hmm. hard to get into a I show think with I, so much. I feel the same way with Power Rangers. Like we were talking oh, about Power Rangers on our way here. Twenty there's so franchises, many different versions. You know, but isn't that, okay? But wait, I have. Isn't to... Power Rangers just copy paste every episode? <laughs> no, no they, they're like, they're like, there's lore. There's a lot of lore, and they like tie into each other. Yeah. You know, there's generational things yeah. going on. It's a lot. I don't know. When I watched it as a kid, it was always like, bad guy. We gotta fight him. Well, sure, oh, that's, we yeah, monster, it's Monster of the Week, certainly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay, so since Joe did a thing, I saw him morph. <laughs> so, so since you know it's the gestures, I have to tell you the little thing that I, I was telling Jared earlier today because it's one of my favorite Power Ranger <laughs> trivia things. So I went to a convention where uh, um, Jason David Frank was. This is Tommy, the Green Ranger. He's a super cool dude, by the way. Like, he's very nice. He's a good person, which is great. Um, and <laughs> here's the thing, Power Rangers, um, existed before it existed here. Like, it wasn't, the episode one, Overseas. when they made it, wasn't the first time that episode was made. It is a Japanese show. Uh, okay. The genre is Super Sentai. It's when people transform and then fight things. Mm-hmm. So, oh, okay. So, same thing several, as, like, a Voltron. Kind yes. Yeah, Voltron is an animated Super Sentai, and, and Power Ultraman. Rangers is a live action. Yeah, U- Ultraman, um... Uh, technically, um, like that's not animated. Te- that's technically, like Magical Girl is like a variation of Super yeah. Sentai because the characters transform. Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon, um, uh, Card Captor, Sucker, right. like all those. Um, so anyway, uh, it's made. It was produced by Sabin, which was a toy company, mm-hmm. and the guy who owns that, Nick Sabin, was like a super cheapskate. Mm-hmm. He was like, I told uh, Jared, he is a, like a caricature of an '80s villain toy company owner. Okay. Um, and so he was like, we're going to make a show, and we're going to make a bajillion dollars. What show are we going to make? And, they, and he was like, well, there's this show in Japan, and we could buy the rights to it in America because they don't broadcast it in America for cheap. And then there's all these scenes where there's just fighting, so they can just use those scenes. Like when they're in their suits or when they're in the, the um, Zords. Yeah. That they, was the cut and they pasted just, part. They just, yeah, they just used those scenes. <laughs> but all the scenes with the people, with the faces, 
we gotta reshoot those because yeah. they're speaking Japanese and they're Japanese cast members who don't exist here in America. Is, is that why the the screaming is always like when there's an explosion? They're like, ah, and yes. it's so like yes. okay. So, so the cast that you're familiar with, they hired those kids, and by kids I mean 25 year olds. <laughs> um, and then they and then they you know shoot the the scenes in the school, and anytime they're fighting like putties, but not with, but with no costumes, then of course that's them. But then um, when Whenever they morph, and then you're fi- you're seeing Power Rangers. That's just the old show. So here's the deal: because it existed already for years, Saban didn't pay for props. He had a guy in Japan go to a toy store and buy morphing belts, the the blasters, the sword, the bow, like all of all of the weapons that they had were literally just a big cardboard box full of toys shipped over. shipped from Japan. And then they were just like, they were like, clunk, everybody grab a blaster, everybody grab a thing. So so the way Jason David Frank told it, he was like, if you were like a like an eight-year-old in Japan and you went to the store, you had what what we had in any scene where you saw me or like Tommy, the Red Ranger, like if you saw them like pull out a blaster or like go to morph, that's what we had. So it was like so They had the odd <laughs> Yeah. So all the Japanese kids had the authentic American merch. That's <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's perfect. It came from them. Well, like I like I told him, you mentioned Voltron. Voltron will kick uh, the pa- uh, Jesus, the Megazord's ass. Megazord. Yeah, I, brain fart. I forgot what it was for a second. <laughs> um, long shows though can be hard. Yeah, um, that's that's why like for anime it's like hard for me sometimes because it's a lot of commitment and even with like shows like Star Trek, Power Rangers, and whatever else, what yeah. have you. It's it's hard to start because there's also a lot of new things coming out, you know. And that like I want to watch so much, like I want yeah. to get caught up with a lot of things that came out in the '80s and '90s, like OG Transformers. Like right now, I'm I'm going I'm like I'm like going back into my Transformer days right now, uh, with because nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. got my tra- uh, Optimus Prime from Transformer Cybertron toy like in the mail. It's it's like waiting <laughs> for me to pick it up right now. Um, like and I'm like rewatching that show specifically, but I also want to watch the original G1. Yeah. I also want to watch. I want to continue watching Samurai Jack. Like, there's so many yep. things that I want to yeah. catch up on. Like, I even want to watch the original GI Joe, right? But like, you. Uh, so as somebody who watched the original GI Joe, it's it's tough. I know I've it, seen episodes. You'd be of okay it. with that. Like, I mean, I, I, li- I like, actually really like GI Joe, but like, it it's not. Very but for good. the for the sake of like, I I can know what I'm talking yeah. about. You yeah. know, also like the original He-Man, Shira, all yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. I want to watch, but like, there's new things coming out. Two hundred episodes, I yeah. think, of He-Man. Yeah. And and then there's this new He-Man Revelations that came out. Yeah. Shira got her own show yeah. recently. You know, the Voltron. I think this goes back to what so we were talking about before the episode with like streaming. I think streaming did this to us because yeah. you know you have yeah. you have TV and you have this thing where like you watch what's on. You don't yeah. really get to choose what you watch. Mm-hmm. So what you want to watch is s- some variation of what's on. But now we have more that we can, more to watch than we can watch. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. So it's it's this thing where like it's the same thing for me where like I love asking people what they would recommend to watch, mm-hmm. but I ask enough people to where my backlog is way mm-hmm. bigger than what I have time for, and then I also play video games. It's like Steam Summer Sale, and then yeah, you, it's good luck. Then you get exactly. to a point where you're like, somebody recommends you a thing to watch or listen to, you're like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll get to it. You don't. Because you already have so many other things <laughs> to get to, yeah. you know? Like, shoot, uh, we, we were talking about this with uh, our, our podcasts. Yeah. Both of, both of them. Like, people can, we can recommend them to people, right? Or we can say, hey, listen to this new episode. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll get to it. 
after I do all this, this, all this, this, and that. You know, it's and for a lot of people, they'll just forget. Exactly. They they want to watch mm-hmm. it. They want to listen to it. But then, so I kind of miss the comfort of just having limited things. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, used to have three TV channels when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was easy. Well, what you're also running into is like, and it's a good, it's a good problem to have. But like, good isn't good enough is the problem, right? right? If you have if you have 30 shows and you can only watch five, then if half of them are good, and probably more than half of them are good, but like if half of them are good, that's still like you know, three times you can watch. Like you right. can't watch them all. Yeah. Right. Um, and so only the really really good stuff is stuff you have time for right away. I mean, um, I think One Piece is like a really good example because. I've watched the first hundred or so episodes of One Piece okay. probably three times. Oh, because because like I'll watch it, and that takes a while, and then um, and then like at some point I'll just kind of like you know I gotta watch something else. Yeah. <laughs> like I want because I want to see something else. And then, cleanse. And then by Take the time break. by the time I'm ready to circle back around, I'm like forgot oh, a lot of stuff. I don't remember like because it's like the middle of an arc, and those arcs are pretty long. Yeah. And so I'll go like, okay, let's just we'll go back to the front. <laughs> and the problem is, is One Piece is uh, maybe the best show that I've ever seen at latching you onto characters in the uh, at, at a short rate of time. Like in in six or seven episodes, you care about every single cast member, or crew member of of the Going Merry. Like you're you're like, I didn't think I would love these characters this much. This is dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. but like if you look at a poster of One Piece, you're like, this is all ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> what am I gonna? <laughs> yeah. How am I gonna care about these stupid looking? But then you watch it and you're like, I'm crying, and I didn't know that that was gonna happen. That person's a half shark. Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, and and so even knowing how the episodes go, when I start it over, I go, oh, this is the time. I'm gonna watch it a thousand episodes, and then like eventually I, I, I fall off. And it's not because of the show. Um, there are shows, so yeah. There are shows whose quality declines and you fall off. Like I loved Bleach with a passion, and it is not good as it goes. Um, I heard it's only that a lot. few seasons, right? Kind of. The kind animated, of. yes. The manga kept going, and then oh. it just like stopped because Got the it. guy. Uh, we don't. Uh, when I say we, I just mean like anime and manga people, and then the industry that that holds them up does not um, value the health and welfare of. Mangaka, mm. the people who make manga, mm. and it goes that goes double if you are a jump artist. If you're one of the people who shonen? gets, yeah, if you're shonen one of the people jump? who get produced and published in Shonen Jump, then every week mm-hmm. there is a built there's a leaderboard mm-hmm. with your manga's number on it, uh, and if it goes down one, you have a heart attack. So every single week you're producing, those guys don't have a day off. They're just drawing and writing. All, just Constant. always like they wake up and that's what they do and then you know when they're not doing it if they're asleep yeah and so and then if you're in the top three your cover material mm-hmm. and you need to like if like it might be better to be fourth than to be one two or three because once you break into the top three all eyes on your, you your life is not yours anymore yeah and unfortunately what happened was bleach went like right people were like what is that we're gonna put that up there on front every every edition of this <laughs> And um, and it just kind of ate the guy alive. If you if you just open a random page on like the first ten volumes to like the last ten volumes of it and like look at panels, mm-hmm. one has like more detail, better framing. The panels are really distinct shapes. Like he's thinking about like what what shape should this panel be mm-hmm. to depict what I'm going to draw in it. Over here, squares <laughs> like a lot of empty empty white space because he was just like I gotta get it done because next week this is my deadline's coming. And, um, you know, that's a shame because yeah. it's a really cool world. And it's a shame when stuff falls off because because 
they can't make it fast enough, not because they didn't want to make it, yeah. or because yeah. the idea was bad. So. I think I think we live in a world where quantity takes over quality in terms of any form of media. Like we, it can, yeah. like people, I think just want more and more and more of a certain thing or a lot of different things, and that will of course make the quality of it suffer. Like I'm gonna use this should be very familiar uh, in the 80s when Atari was pumping game after game after game yeah. we got E.T. yeah 80s killed oh, uh, you beat me to it yeah. I knew you were going to say E.T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got E.T. and that yeah. sent, sent the video game market down crashing yes. and guess who had to step up Nintendo, Nintendo a car with, company yeah a, a car company and a, and that also made toys they, they came in with Donkey Kong well, of course Game & Watch not before, but Donkey Kong is like, mm-hmm. boom, here it is again, and now Nintendo, of course, quickly rose up to the to the ranks to become one of the pillars of the video game industry. They are, they have like a balance with releasing games pretty regularly, but also taking their time with their big boy titles like Mario, Zelda, um, well, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to say Pokemon because that's game Most of the Fire Emblem games are good. Yeah. It's just a matter of, like, they're tough to get into, I feel. Pokemon, Pokemon's a different story because Game Freak is different, you know? Uh, but, like, they, Pokemon cranks out game after game after game. Isn't Pokemon now Pokemon the company? most profitable IP in the world? In the world. In the world. Number one. Yeah. Even, even higher than Mickey. You know, so take that, you stupid mouse. The electric mouse is better. <laughs> well, you gotta be careful how you say that, because Disney might buy Nintendo. Oh, <laughs> like man. that would be the. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Right. Be, uh, I mean, they're yeah. gobbling up like. Right. Um, they don't, you know, they don't own a game company, and uh, <laughs> there would probably not be a conflict there because there's I mean, so like, many other game companies. Square Enix, King Hearts. Square Enix, yeah. You know, which Come used on. to just be SquareSoft. SquareSoft. Yeah. Yeah, Pokemon in terms of quality. I mean, look at the, the remake for Diamond and Pearl, oh, and and God, the early so... footage for Arceus, Legends Arceus. It looks a little bit better now, but because Pokemon is so big, because Pokemon's number one, they have to keep producing content sure. yearly. They released the MOBA that everybody says Unite. is awful. Like yeah. it's not. So, I, I, I'm, I agree with you mm-hmm. on your assessment of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a quantity thing. Like mm-hmm. a demand quant, a quantity demand. I think that it is there. They have now put themselves in a position that is the same as FIFA and Madden with EA. Right. Like, like if they not right. not that they have to do it, but if they make one every year, everyone that plays it will buy one. Yep. Yeah. So why yep. wouldn't they? Um, That's fair. Like if you're and once you're the most profitable IP in the world, like Doesn't matter the quality. Like you, yeah. I mean, you just you, they're gonna sell. You do the thing. It's so. you know what you know what this is. This is. Every people every time a new um, a new Fast and Furious or a new um, uh, and that's not for record, that's not an indictment. I love uh, Fast and Furious. I like the first movie and I like oh, the re- like I like I like them for different reasons. But man, <laughs> that works for me. But no, um, uh, that or the Resident Evil film franchise, right? Like whenever one of those comes out, somebody I will always hear somebody say, like, when are they gonna stop making those? And I'm like, when the one they make does bad. Because every time it does well, they're going to make at least one more. Like, they're going to go, well, we're not going to lose money if we make one more. And then at some point, they will. And then they go, oh, that was the last one. Mm-hmm. But, but so, like, you know, when, I guess when a Pokemon game does badly, next year there won't be one. But until then, 
I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. It, it prints. I mean, that's the joke, right? It prints money. Like, right. So for you guys uh, coming up, you know, with all these things that are now popular and mainstream and stuff, like, did you guys see the potential in these products? Like, you like once like once you saw something advertised, you're like, that's gonna be a hit or something. Or, or are you still surprised years later that this is still popular? You know what I mean? Um. <laughs> So, I want everybody to know that I gestured to, I offered Mike the right of first refusal there because I've been talking. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to dominate that. I got got one. I I got got, one. Yeah, yeah. So, Tiger King came out. Oh, right. (laughs) I was like, this is amazing. You mean the documentary? Yeah. Okay. This is amazing. I don't think anybody's going to like this. Mm -hmm. And then it was the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I tell people about it. It's like, yeah, I heard of this because it was like, right as it came out, it wasn't the most popular. Though. It was hitting top charts fast. Like everybody was watching this, was telling their friends about it. I watched it. I was like, I didn't want to tell my friends about it. I feel like walking up to my friends and being like, yeah, I watched this documentary about this crazy guy who owns tigers and it's like crime involved. They'd be like, okay, Patrick. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's like a fever dream. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then like people, people watched it and it started becoming this big thing. And then suddenly, like when it kind of became kind of a viral thing then tons of people hopped right. on it and when tons of people hopped on it then it became a hugely viral thing mm-hmm. so i think it's that first step it needs to become like a kind of viral thing and then and then that's what causes any of these things to really i can shoot up i can pick those out with songs you know like um jesus and now i need to know the names of these songs uh, like thank you next by ariana grande sure. i knew just like i heard a few few chords of it you know i had like half the song and i was like Alright, this is gonna be like the new things. You're gonna hear it all over Instagram and the TikToks or whatever. You know, and turns out, yeah, it was. Like for me for me nowadays, like pe- picking up patterns with at least music because I think that's the only thing that I get uh, exposed to that's new and recent. Like uh, Old Town Road, right? Yeah. Just because there's a there could be a catchy beat and stuff in the way things are said, I knew that was gonna be a hit. Sure. And you didn't stop hearing it for like months after and I, and like I know these things are fads you know and but like sometimes they still linger the most recent one for me is going on TikTok and that first TikTok I saw with the uh, Kenny Hoopla Justin Bieber stay and it, it's literally just a dude uh, the first one it's like a bit with the dude just doing this and then he flies a drone around him mm. in a circle while he's just dancing and then that took off. That caused the song to take off. Well, it was already going to take oh, off. Oh, that was, that's Bieber. an interesting dynamic. The, that like that a song could be relatively unpopular or like ge- generic in yeah. nature, and then its use on social media yeah. would make the song popular. That's huge on instead TikTok of the, right instead now. of the other way around. TikTok like, right now, that's completely yeah. what it is. A bunch of songs just take off on TikTok. Sure. We talked about or we, Keyshawn, Tara, and I talked about this in his episode. Like TikTok is a way for kids nowadays to like get get exposed to a bunch of different music even oldies like uh there could be there's there's this whole trend and and uh the song playing is bill weathers lovely day yeah right and they'll only hear like the chorus or whatever and you ask them do you know who sings that no do you know what song it is not really I, oh, I have, okay. I have, a lot of people will get drawn to the song and will find the song. We've yeah, seen that happen yeah, over yeah. and over again. So there is a version of what you've described that is I've started to make it a mission to to spread the word about this. So everybody who's listening to this right now. So um, one of the most annoying sounds in, in digital media right now is the use of a particular song with like a high-pitched chipmunky 
Oh yeah. It goes oh no. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. oh yeah. no. No 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 right. And it's it's, it's super. So it's annoying. piercing and it's annoying. It's so annoying. And it gets like super overused. But it's from a Shangri La's song. That's the name of the band. Shangri the Shangri La's. <coughs> and the song is called Walking in the Sand. And if you look up the original version of that song, it's devastatingly good. Uh-huh. Please go listen to that song. They it's it, it's right up your alley for the mm. record. Like it's it's like loungy, um, def like vocal forward. Um, it's it's really solid. And the fact that like that's the exposure to it is really rough for me, <laughs> because it would it would be like if um if like one line in like Wonderful World by Louis right. Armstrong could be like used for like TikTok videos in a high pitched squealy thing. You'd be like, but that's not like you're missing all of the meat of this song because it's like it's funny in a meme way, mm-hmm. you know, on the yeah. in this video. Um, so I'm hoping that it's more that that people that people will find it because of it. Yeah. Because the alternative, unfortunately, is like this kind of weird utilization of things Honestly, without yeah, like without getting. Because when I heard that, I was yeah. like, I don't want to listen to this yeah. song because it's the. I mean, like the bits for the memes could be used very funnily, but like funnily, whatever. Uh, but like, yeah, yeah. But I like funnily. That's I a word. That. I use that word. <laughs> Perfect. But like, I wouldn't. The one I hear, the version I hear, I wouldn't go and listen to. Like that's just not something I'd want playing in the car. When it's this high pitched. Oh no! Exactly. But if you're saying it's a really amazing song, now it I doesn't sound want, like that at all. <laughs> now I want to listen to it. So it's just yeah. So I, I I think I have an answer to your original question, okay. and it's really not about something going viral. But this is kind of like my arc in video gaming mm-hmm. and and what I could see coming. Um, I was an early adopter of PCs. I had a 386. I built my 486. I built my Pentium 1. I built my Pentium 2. Patrick, you understand God, that? I remember no. Pentium. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The Pentium 2s were such a big deal. Yeah, my Pentium 1 was oh, 90 man. megahertz. Yeah. Was that like the 30? And that was fast. Um, <laughs> well, no, no. He's talking about the processor. The processor. Okay. Like now it's like so just under, X, a, now, Just now. under a gig. Just under. It. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> oh man, the PC just made. What ninety? Oh ninety megahertz. Ninety megahertz. Ninety megahertz. Almost one gig. One right. Point no. one gigahertz. Right. Point one. Oh point. Oh, you're at ninety meg. Point one. Yeah, point right. one gigahertz. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, my point though is, is that. Um, I was there for Doom when Doom came out mm-hmm. on the floppy disks, yeah. and then I was there for Quake when Quake came out, and we that, played Quake. That recently re-released for Switch. I don't doubt it. Yep. Um, I was there then when um, online gaming first-person shooter happened. Quake World happened, yeah. and you could play on a copper wire modem <laughs> against people that weren't in your house, and it was really good gameplay, and I was like, it just took over my whole life, and I quit video games. Right there. Yeah. Ever since. So so I saw online gaming taking over the world, and I decided I didn't have time for it. Uh, <laughs> but, like, that's not the only uh, thing with gaming you... Well, I mean, I did I did play Dwarf Fortress at the beginning of yeah. the of the pandemic because it was a great time suck. Explain Dwarf Fortress for people. Oh, I know Dwarf Fortress. Oh, you I do? I love Dwarf I know. Fortress. I'm surprised. I I'm surprised so you much do. Yeah, you're, you're in the 10% of I still have, Nobody knows I still have a fortress that I made like 120 years with this fortress. It's got, it's huge. It's got so None much going on. of those words on. mean anything. Though. I've got, <laughs> it's a procedurally generated game where you start with six dwarfs on an island or a world that's been procedurally generated, meaning you set up parameters and it just randomly creates it. 
and you build a fortress underground, above ground, and you new fortress, new dwarves show up as caravans, and you add them to your fortress, and everybody has a job, and you have to. It's like kind of like a mix between. It's like kind of like Minecraft in the way that you're world building. But then it's like uh, Sims in the way that you're mm-hmm. you're controlling, but not like telling, to go do this. You're like your job right now is this, and he may or may not do it. You know, yeah. And it it's one coming of the first out on Steam. Big uh, city builder s games. I don't know the name yeah. of the genre, but it's the same thing as like Simulators? Tropico Sim and City Skyline. Uh, nowadays, you have a bunch of these. It's a bunch of different versions of them. You have like Tropico, or you have City Skyline Basic. You build a city, you manage the city. But then you have variations where now you have like Tropico, where you play as a dictator and you try to build up your civilization while also not having your people riot against you. Um, Are you like building armor? Do you have like it's like, not as granular. Dwarf Fortress is so no, no, granular. You're, so granular, you're like, like building gauntlets for your yeah. guys. I mean, I mean, you it goes all yeah. the way down to like the very smallest level for every dwarf. But in then, the fortress. but then with that with that in mind, because it it like when you at a glance, it's super rudimentary. Oh yeah, it's right? also like basically like act ASCII art. Right. Yeah. Like like it's, it's not little, they don't they have, there's no effort in graphics. Little squares. Mm-hmm. You could because it's all in the engine that's you could making watch this it. complexity you could see emerge. It. Yeah. You could see it on a DOS. Operating system. Oh yeah, you play this on DOS. Oh yeah, so you don't need. And it's Windows not to resource it. intensive, which right. is what makes it interesting. But mm-hmm. but then so then you take that and go look how rudimentary this is. Oh, it's a fun game. But but the the depth of programming in it is like this. I watched because Mike showed it to me. <laughs> he he had a bunch of his doors go out and have this big battle. He fought mostly these wolves, right? And they had a big fight, <laughs> and and um one of them died, and when it when you saw. And there's like there's like a log, so like you can just watch stuff happen, see the stats. That's what happened. Yeah. But then like if you go over here, there's like a log of all the events as they occur, and it shows, like, like his, if you were playing D and D, it's like each it's round. like a saga about his life. Yeah. That's really? generated that little character that doesn't have a face. Every like, character in every, it has a backstory that you can look up. You can find out their grandparents. It's all in there. It's all you need to each build of really? the game. That like, reminds me. They uh, named a weapon after him or something like that. And like, I want to make <laughs> like, a prediction right now on Razzle Dazzle. That, like I said, there's a Steam version coming because the original it's version. It's already here. <clears throat> is it out? Like you can oh, buy it? Let me see. <clears throat> I think I they're still it. putting the final touches I on it. I see it on Steam. The, the, it's the, rated 5 out of 5 on The Steam thing about games. Dwarf Fortress is it has a very high bar for entry. You know, I, I played it for three months before I felt like I knew what the heck I was doing. It's not yet available. And, and, and the menus, it's all keyboard based. Mm-hmm. There's no mouse involved. It's like you have to play like you're in the 80s and you're playing a PC game. <laughs> um, the new version that's coming out is going to be all mouse based. It's going to have nice 3D graphics. Mm-hmm. The whole nine yards. My prediction is another two years from now, everybody's playing Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm my into prediction. It. Right yeah. Well, there's there's a I'm trying to remember the name. I'm looking through my friend's Steam profile, see if I can find. There's this game that he told me about where it's uh, it's like a space city civilization builder, um, but you're like a you're starting to colonize. There's other people also colonizing, and like your characters almost have like real personalities because like let's say two of your characters are getting interested in each other, uh, they they become like a couple, then they break up. There will be like things that like happen that They're cause both these downstream yeah. dynamic stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and oh. if you decide to, uh, my friend decided to make most of his money in the game by growing and selling drugs. Um, <laughs> his employees started using the drugs, <laughs> um, and then it went through this whole thing where like he has to he has to keep his employees happy so they keep working. But their productivity goes down when they do the drugs, so he has to try to limit the amount of drugs they do, and it becomes this whole thing where you're actually just managing people in a video game. My my Dwarf Fortress has an entirely gold-clad 
inn. Yeah. And the dwarves will go there and hang out on their off time, and they'll get drunk and they'll get into fights, and there's all kinds of crazy. I mean, and if you don't have beer, no matter where you zoom into the game, there's there's a whole thing happening. It's all happening in real time. It's it's so it's crazy granular. I it's it's hard to imagine. A text-based game. I love that we're talking about dwarf. I know. I need. I need <laughs> so happy. Yeah. Um, so like, like when when they die, you got to do something with the body. If you don't bury them, roll a tombstone. They're sad. And the, the morale and goes down. Like, yeah, it, people, yeah. And if you if somebody like uh, if a dwarf misbehaves enough, you have to get your military or your um, guards to go deal it's, with them. And if you don't so deal with them the right way, and you kill them. So then in-depth. the dwarfs that know him can lose their morale, and yeah. then that can start a whole rebellion. And next thing you know, you've got dwarfs going out of control. There's necromancers that come. So suddenly, like, there's well, the werewolves. The werewolves the almost destroyed your whole thing. Oh yeah, a werewolf shows up. You deal with it. You think everything's fine. Next full moon, one of your dwarfs turns into a werewolf. Inside. Say, no, he's buying it, biting everybody. <laughs> I've lost three or four fortresses to werewolves. Oh, man. Oh, part man. of the game, it's... but part of the game is the failure. Like, part oh, no. of... Yeah. Losing is fun I... is the motto of the game. Yeah, uh, I found the game. Um, I think you'd be a huge fan of RimWorld. Oh, RimWorld. I know RimWorld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've been suggested that. Yeah, yeah. It's, li- it's it's just the modern version of that, I'm guessing. Space version. Yeah, you don't yeah, have to deal yeah, with dwarves, yeah. though. Now you're dealing with people, uh, which I would argue are more complicated. Because yeah. <laughs> dwarves, you give them a tavern full of beer and they're, yep. they're happy, that's all you need. <laughs> Humans, well. Uh, but yeah. But also... <laughs> that was the Dwarf Fortress arc. <laughs> that was the Dwarf Fortress <laughs> But I'm, when you were playing Ingress... Oh yeah, we played right? that too. Oh yeah. boy. Did Ingress, did you see the, that? Huh? Is that the? I'm like a hipster game. What, what's Ingress? It sounds <laughs> so Ingress is a game built on top of. Um, it's what it's what or, oh, Pokemon it's, it's Go what, is built on. Is built top. on top oh, of. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. I downloaded it and then didn't play it. Yeah. <laughs> oh Same. I played it a little. Um, so, it took over my life for about a year. So okay, I, I, you know Just a lot like about it. It came like a thing in the local ingress. Thing. Yeah, you were, you were, you're a big dude in it. Uh, okay, so no, because, I still go back, my because you know so much <laughs> about it, there. I'm gonna explain it in the most rudimentary way okay. I can. So. Just like so, in Pokemon Go, you know, there's like locations, there yep. are stops, yep. right? Okay, so those those existed already as nodes, portals, portals, because people, when this game was first being made, people in local areas could go and take pictures of things, give the geo coordinates for it, right? Mm-hmm. Take then, a picture. Yeah, yeah, and they would send that information to uh, I, I always Niantic. say like, Niantic or Niantic. They would send it to them, and they would go and they would decide like, okay, that's a spot, that's a spot, that's a spot. So. All every the whole world's got all these little spots, right? Yeah. Now, there are two teams, blue and green. And if you are, let's say, were there three? Blue, yeah. Okay. Do you try? It, do you choose them at the beginning? You, you choose, choose one. When, when you make a character, you pick a side. I think I chose green. Me too. I was on green. <laughs> yeah. Um. So <laughs> you you walk around in the real world, just like in Pokemon Go. You get within a proximity of one of these spots. And the portals, right? And effectively, you try to capture it. There's a whole bunch that goes into that. But like, if you can capture that spot, then you go to another spot. Mm-hmm. You capture that spot, and you go to a third spot. If you capture a third spot, you've created a, an actual area now, right? Two spots is a line. Third is a shape. So you, there's an area here. You now have a a, a measurable amount of territory. Okay. That now the green team owns. Blue team doesn't own that. Everybody's looking at the big number. Here's what the you green. You draw color. lines between them. You link. Yeah. The you, yeah. You. Yeah. So you get the spot. You get the spot. You get the spot. Now there's a triangle there, right? So that's green. The goal is when you look at the map and you see there's all these green spots areas. There's all these blue areas. Let's make some new green areas. So you take 
blue spots, and they're over there trying to take green spots. So you can look at your region of the world, like literally your city, your town, even like on campus. Like you can look at part of campus and go, well, the blue team has that. Let's go get it. Okay. So it's it's um, it's like it's like a little bit of it's like capture the flag. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's like geo capture like, the flag. But like you 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 have like you could defend your portals it, with different accessories, deep. and you in the way the line and okay. like how big yeah. the, so you're trying to you're trying to conquer deep. geography. And the more people that live in that area, the more points you get. Yeah. And at the end of every month or week, each team adds rewards. up how much they've it's like It's like Conquest and Battlefront 2. Well, the, it's very, yeah. <laughs> the nodes thing is very similar to what Pokemon Go does, because yeah. you have your gyms, or you gyms every now Pokestops. and then, you capture those, and then yeah. you put your Pokemon there, yeah. you get some rewards that you can use yeah. for so imagine, stuff. Ima- but, ima- but it seems like there's more purpose, almost, oh, because yeah. kind of. Pokemon Go, you're, your goal is just to level so, up. So here, ready? I'll, 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 I'll draw the bridge between those. Imagine if in Pokemon Go, if by having control of three gyms, that team, whatever team you are, gets the whole area between them. That uh, that would be so. so cool. Now you're like in uh, whatever the ice territory. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't remember the teams on. That. Uh, it's Valor, Valor, and yeah. Instinct. So so let's say you're like yellow. Yeah, <laughs> red, blue, yellow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so like you're like this is a mystic area. Yeah. Right? And so like in that area, I maybe, like the way that sounds. Maybe you can't catch Pokemon if you're not. Right. That, like that would be that would be the way to add purpose to it, but that's basically the whole game is like capturing these areas. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. You can defend the portals, you can put like turrets and stuff on there. And the strategy is it, you can't draw a line across a line. So like if you see somebody, and there were like I said, this is like Pokemon Go, except you could see a map in real time of who's doing what. Yeah. yeah. And so if somebody's working on a mission over here, you might get in your car and drive to this portal Block to create them. a line from here to here across town because now they can't finish their mission across here. Yeah. And you can see who's playing, and you get to know the other gamers because there was probably only 400 active players of Ingress when I was playing. So I knew the other players. It's a cool. I mean, it's a cool. <laughs> thing. It's still out there. Okay, right, Papa yeah. Smurphy's probably They're still uh, the guy. Papa Smurphy, yeah. My, my arch enemy. If you go, if you go to, if you go to Netflix, there's an enemy oh, yeah? called Ingress. Which is based on this game. <laughs> there is an Ingress anime. Okay, I'm imagining it's about the same quality that I would expect an Ingress anime to be. The visuals are nice. <laughs> I haven't watched enough of it to okay. know if the story goes anywhere. Uh, I love, I love hearing whenever someone describes an, an anime, anime of like the visuals are nice because immediately my brain just like okay. It's like, well, no, I'm just I just say that because I haven't seen yeah, yeah, yeah. much of it. Um, but I'll have friends yeah. who are like, hey, yeah, is the anime good? It looks it good. It looks good. And you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. UFO, UFO table made it. Okay. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, uh, if you can make Castlevania, you mm-hmm. can make good shows. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of whether or not you want to. Oh, like, yeah. that's how I, I, I very judgely, harshly judge the Netflix animes now. Oh, because yeah. Have you seen, uh, I actually want to talk about this today, the, the Witcher animation came out a few days ago. Oh, is that uh, real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yes. an hour-long animation movie. made by Powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the same people make Castlevania, Blood of Zeus. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and you can tell. I mean, when you when you look at it, you're like, oh, this is Castlevania. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, they, they introduce it the same way you'd expect a Castlevania to be introduced. Yeah. You start with, like, this in a Witcher series, anything. You start with like this very mystic mu- music gets very spooky kids in the dark forest and the the guy ca- guiding the cart stops starts talking to the kids and one of the kids is like are there gonna be they're talking about bandits and one kid's like are there gonna be any bandits that come after us and he's like no trust me you're perfectly safe in the wood these woods and then a vine just shoots out of his face yeah. blood just 
<laughs> and then kids screaming. That's your start to the show. That's to give you the idea of what Witcher is. This is horror-esque thing. Also gauges morality pretty well, or kind of puts morality against each other uh, really well. And it's just, ah, uh, this animation is such a good... It, it was already That's, written yeah, backstory. They, they know how to do it, that studio. Yeah, yeah. it's it, this is all Vesemir's real story, so Witcher fans know who Vesemir is. That's like Geralt's teacher, um, who's the main character for all the rest of the Witcher stuff. Um, you get to see his story, and you really get to see him just be... in Because animation allows you to do so much more. Vesemir is always written as uh, one of the best witchers. He has better magic than most witchers. He's just amazing. And then you really get to see that in animation because you, with animation, you can do the stuff that makes him look really cool. He's flying through the air. He's he's shooting magic things that sends like 50 dudes flying. It's, it's all like, oh my gosh, this dude's so cool. Added with this sort of horror-esque morality plot that's oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, to uh, to bring this bird into a landing, uh, because I think we only got like thirty minutes left. Um, what? Joe shook his head just now. What? We have infinite time. You it's have just, infinite time. It's just a, we have to make That's a good pause news, Mike. For me to not get us kicked out. Right, right. Then but whatever. <laughs> I'm not on Mike. Your show, dude. I understand. Um, what are what are things that uh you guys, as in all of us, have been like. Um, absorbing recently like shows uh, any other type of medias like things we've been reading and stuff like that you know like as of now because for me like I said earlier I'm I'm like already I've been watching a lot of Shameless in like the past <laughs> yeah. month okay. or two I haven't watched that yet but I'm familiar with the yeah, it's, yeah is it good? it's something I mean like real <laughs> yeah. talk real talk I'm like kind of invested it took me a little bit yeah. to get invested but like it's it's there. Is it's that the there. one with the family that's like messed up? Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> it's um it's William H Macy, right? Is that uh who? That's William H Macy, I think. As in a director? No, the the main guy. The um, the dad? Oh oh Frank Gallagher. I, I don't always know, always I don't know wearing almost no clothes. I, I guess. He's like walking around in boxers and like every shot I've seen in the show. So I mean I mean probably that's pro- that's yeah, the type probably. of character he is. Yeah. So. I've been watching that a lot and it's a uh, it's a real show. It talks about like a whole bunch. Like a, it's hour-long episodes, and like, there's so many like moving parts that somehow tie into one overarching thing that happens, mm-hmm. you know, and like uh, transitions between seasons like almost seamless. It just happens. It's it's like, yeah. it, it really shows like how sucky life is. <laughs> yeah, in a way, you know. But like, they I don't care. I watched the first two seasons and I stopped because I just couldn't deal like I didn't want to see them go through more of this it's, rough situation dude dude like uh, has anything happened oh, to I Liam I know which one it is you? yeah it is William mm-hmm. yeah uh, uh, which one's Liam the, the little kid the youngest some of that. no no okay back well, before the mafia <laughs> yes, back before the fun. Well, there, there's like in later in, in the seasons, or I don't know which one. It's all it all blends together now. Something hap- terrible happens to Liam. It's gosh, it's there's a lot of crazy stuff. But like I've also been playing a lot of um, Super Mario Galaxy two recently, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And I've been uh, and for music, I've I've recently got some new a new uh, thirty three and some new forty fives. Like oh, that's right. The other yeah, day, yeah. The other day, like I got a lot of. Four tops and Diana Ross things, and I got a Lionel Richie, 33, you know. 
I've been having a good time. New is a new is a variable word here. Like, right. New new for me. You know, th this is like this is me trying to learn and and learn more things and stuff. Even though it's old, so it's me trying to catch up. Mm -mm. And that's always hard, especially in this day and age. But that's that's me now. I think the last thing I watched that really caught my attention before I went on my little binge I've been on is uh, Wayne. Have y'all seen Wayne? Familiar. It's on Netflix, I think. It's just one season, but there'll be another season. It's about this teenager who I don't really want to give it away, but it's really good. Mm. He's like kind of like he's like a vigilante teenager. Okay. Best way to put it. It'll make you. It'll like you. you it, trust me, Wayne. Check out Wayne. Kick ass. <laughs> yes. Or it's very accessible. Very not, but not very long. <laughs> it's not a very long watch. The episodes are short, but it'll catch your attention fast. Mm -hmm. Okay. And good. I am playing two video games on my phone. You are? Yeah. Hey, phone games this are games. Is a new. Well, I mean, I'm like lame. So <laughs> this is <laughs> been, this is I've uncharted been, territory. No, people. well, I've been playing Words with Friends since it came that's out. That's not so right. you know like what I mean. Twelve years now, I think right. I've been playing Words <laughs> that's, with Friends. But, but this is a game on your phone as opposed to using your phone as an interface to play with people. I think, right? Like, what are you playing on your phone right now? I'm playing Words with Friends. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's what I just said. Scrap the way you said it. <laughs> I, I thought you were playing Words with Friends. I, I thought you were playing a game on your phone. No, the game is called Words with Friends. Yeah. I see what you, I see where you screwed up there. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> And then yeah. I'm also, I grew up, uh, I grew up playing golf, and so I play a game called Golf Clash, which is actually, like, pretty cool, like, playing golf against other people for prizes and uh -huh. tournaments and stuff. Oh. Instead of, yeah, go ahead. Have you heard of What the Golf? No. Oh yeah! Uh, oh my god! It is a game <laughs> on the Switch, uh, where you play golf, um, except every level is just not what you'd expect, and you can play with someone else. And every single level is just a wacky idea. First level you play regular golf, you hit the ball, it goes in the hole, and then the next level you play, uh, your guy's sitting there ready to putt, and you go and use the mechanics for the putt, and as soon as you let go your guy gets sent flying towards the goal. <laughs> mm. And then the next level, suddenly, you're driving cars down into a golf hole, and then it's just a bunch of crazy levels like this where they take golf. What the like, golf? Yeah, what the golf. It's golf if you don't want to play golf. Understood. Right. <laughs> um, so, as mentioned, you know, I'm watching G Deep Series 9 right now. Mm. Um, I'm getting to watch uh, with my... Um, my Good lord, is she nine? I think my daughter's nine now. <laughs> you start losing track as it goes faster and faster as you go, guys. Um, my daughter is finally watching Dragon Ball with me, Ooh, like wow. the original start at the beginning, right? Um, so that's fun, and and Naruto as well. Like she finally kind of was like, I want to see this. She's basically she figured out that I owned Jump Stars, <laughs> um, and uh, or Jump Force, Jump Stars, jeez, mm -hmm. uh, Jump the, Force, the fighting game, the fighting game. Yeah. Um, oh, and and yeah, game. and she was just like, Can I play that? And I'm like. Yeah, go nuts. And so she made a character and she's been playing and she doesn't know any of these characters, but they're cool because it's anime. Like it's just like yeah. that's that's job one, yeah. be cool, everything else, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and um and so I was like, you know, like these are all from shows. And so she wanted to watch them then. So we watched the Naruto, we watched Interesting. Some Dragon Ball. Um, I, want, I need to know how she reacts when Rock Lee drops the weights. I'm so I'm excited to get there. Um <laughs> We have a we have a rule in our house that Spoilers. she has to yeah. Uh, hopefully she doesn't listen to uh, this. I guess she won't be hearing this. <laughs> um, um, the it, it, she's allowed to watch. I will watch as many as she wants. We have to watch a Japanese one first. 
which means she has to read to pay attention because it forces her to pay attention to like yeah. what's happening on the screen. And then she can watch as many of the episodes there or backwards in the English as she wants. Oh, okay. She, because what will generally happen is if I just let her watch whatever, she'll watch it in English and she'll draw while she watches it and she won't know. What, I'll be like, how was that episode? I don't know. I don't, I, wasn't, I don't remember this part. I'm like, well, that's a pretty pivotal part. So like there's... There's 600 episodes of this, honey. You need to pay attention to yeah. what's happening. So, um, watching anime wrong. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> you try. You had to raise your children right. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so, um, we were doing that. That's fun. That's something we're watching. Um, uh, I am also taking every now and then, like you know, maybe sometimes before bed, if I'm passing out and I want to watch something, um, I will throw on a Samurai Jack because Ooh, I didn't. I haven't watched Jack. the new ones after they brought it back. Yeah. And my Jack, memory Jack, of Jack. the old show is spotty. Like you know, I watched it when it was on. So yes. Yeah. Um. So I and I think that's a really that's a really great show. Um. So that's oh, fun. Uh, for playing. Oh, and sorry, one more Warrior. Uh, there's an HBO show. It's two seasons in. Um, called Warrior. Um, and it is a it, it's it's like an amalgamation of like mm. Bruce Lee as a as like partly his story, partly like kind of kung fu fairy tale, partly social commentary on like the Exclusion Act um, when the Chinese were getting here and they were basically like, hey, there's a lot of these guys and they're doing a lot of work for less than everybody else gets paid. I think we need to make a law to kick all of them out. Yeah. Um. So this follows a character who comes over who is predictably like super badass but like uh, kung fu guy and um, he has to navigate like an entire city that kind of doesn't want him there. Yeah. Does he beat um, up racist? He beats up everybody. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, so does Wayne. So does Wayne. So yeah. does Wayne. So oh, yeah, I'm Wayne. in. But but um you know it's if you like if you like Bruce Lee stuff it's dead on. If you like mm. kung fu stuff it's pretty good like it's it's not the best kung fu thing i've seen but i've watched a lot of it so like yeah um um it's but it's it's definitely passable like it's it's not it's not like we want to make a kung fu show but we got to get an actor who doesn't really do it and so like we're gonna just like deal with it with like harsh edits and try to hide the fact that he, he can fight um mm-hmm. it's the guy in the new mortal Kombat movie um oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's cole young yeah it, it doesn't show hi- like that movie does not show him off to the degree that this shows him off right you watch this you will get a good idea of of how well he can really move oh. um and um and plus like the cast looks amazing all the time because he's in a tong the um the like early versions of triad gangs and uh they're wearing like the like the suit with the vests oh like okay. the axemen yeah it's nice um that's so um that's it's two seasons in it's really worth a watch um they do a really cool thing because uh when when it's only chinese people in a room they just speak in english mm-hmm. but they're speaking chinese like like if somebody if, if a if a white Universal person from, translator thing yeah well yeah yeah so like if a white person an american white person walks into the room they switches they're chinese. speaking chinese and they and so that's a because that's a dynamic in the show like sometimes they have to translate for them right like he speaks both the main character oh, okay. right so he can like talk to everybody but but sometimes but but then they don't they don't keep up captions for the whole show they just talk in english which is kind of nice um so um okay for playing uh apex legends is pretty common because uh i'm old and i have a child and uh <laughs> sometimes i fall asleep very early and so um my wife and i uh, have two large televisions and two recliners and um my best friend also plays so the three of us make a that's a party so we hop in we play we can play like two three rounds in 10 minutes because we die fast and then yep. but we can, we can hop in play a few and go to bed um it's not a big commitment to play and then if we have a long time you can play that game for a long time mm. so so apex is pretty common in my house um mm. um i'm also playing with him um 
we're playing um, through on legendary mode Halo Combat Evolved because the new the, the re-release came out. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I unfortunately do not have anything past a 360 in the Xbox category. I have a PlayStation 4. So uh, he was like, "Do you want to play Halo through?" And I was like, "I guess we're buying it on Windows." But I got my computer to think that my PlayStation controller is an Xbox controller. Uh, <laughs> There's a couple yeah. of easy mods for that. So, um, so I'm playing through Halo again, which is crazy, um, but it's fun because it just looks amazing. And playing, you know, we, he and I played it on the Xbox with the big Duke controllers. Like, yeah. like we played that game on Legendary on a television. And so playing it over an internet connection is really actually kind of amazing to me. Um, I have an OG Xbox. Me too. Uh, still, and yeah. it, it works great. Mine got um, red ringed. Huh? Mine got red ringed. No, your, original? no your 360 got red ringed. Yeah. No, uh, the, my original got... The original didn't have three lights. Oh, well, it got red, and then it didn't <laughs> it work died. anymore. Yeah. yeah, those old bad boys. Joe and I have been uh, playing through all the Halos. Yeah. Uh, I think we're on five now, right? Okay, yeah. so, all right. Uh, I, I'm going <laughs> to finish this list, but I need to know real fast, Joe. Hot take. What? What? Yeah, what what is your it doesn't I'm not saying best, what's your favorite? My favorite Halo game. Hello, I'm testing my audio and speaking at the same time. You sound great. Hello, audio. You sound great, I can hear you. <laughs> okay. My the best Halo game is Halo 3. Ooh. It's so fun. Yeah. It holds up. The physics engine is great. Yeah. The game I'm the best at is Halo 4. Which okay. is one of my least favorite story-wise and multiplayer-wise. I but I'm agree good at it. With that I'm good ladder at it. assessment. Yeah, the story is. A that he's good at it. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree that I agree that it's it's story and multiplayer are weaker, but but it. I mean, if you're good at it, you're good at it, right? I'm very good at it for some yeah. reason or whatever. But I'm good at all of them, I'd say. I used to get like on the days of Halo Reach, I would get like 60 plus kills with Reach Demi so Lovato playing yeah. in my head. Reach is Reach is special. Like it, Reach it's, is awesome. Reach is the first game I played. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that feels old. I feel old. Yeah, um, sorry. So no, it's fine. Um, so so, for me it's two, but that's because that's there's answer. something magic about the dual wielding in two. Like it's it's like, it's perfect. Like mm-hmm. the balance on it is perfect. Did but it blow your mind the first time you picked up another gun? We had, I mean, other games had had dual wielding, but the way that Halo did it with the with um the the way that because all of those enemies have shields and then health, what you carried could change how easy or hard that game is. Like, if you're running around with a plasma rifle and the magnum, like, you're just mowing through. That that was fun. Um, two needlers explodes everything, which is why they had to take it away. <laughs> um, but, like, but yeah, um, I, I think um, two is, for gameplay-wise, my favorite, but three is, I think, a great, like, arc cap. Like, it delivers on the promises of the first two games. Um, and and it ends like aggressively the way the first two games are really managed. Like the first two, build, build, build. But like the best part of the game is probably somewhere before the ending. The best part of three is like the um, yeah. Um, cool. I, I I also by the way I'm really glad that you enjoy ODST because it's great. Man, um, there the first time, uh, so the first time me and the same friend were playing ODST. And you instinctively, because you've been doing it for three games, run up to like a brute and hit him. <laughs> Does and then he doesn't move, and then he goes, <laughs> you die. You go, oh, you're, yeah. you're a like puny human. Tiny, yeah. Um, for the record, I think one of the best pieces of media that exists in the world um, for video games that isn't the game is the um, ad campaign for Halo 3, oh, Believe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you showed me that. Yes. Yeah. And then, um, it's if you don't know the Believe ad campaign, because it's, it was a long time ago, um, Microsoft put out this multimedia like documentary style set of ads 
that existed like you were already in the future after these wars had happened and other people were making a documentary about the war and you were watching um, like vignettes from it about like the museum of the heroes and they're like interviews with like soldiers I'm doing air quotes since we're on audio like like <laughs> it it's incredible and it makes you feel a thing um, yeah. and then um, and then I also have to mention the ODST ad with there's they're singing like um, Finnish or something in the background it's 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 ooh yeah do what you're do- yeah, I knew you're gonna okay. reach for it um, <laughs> it's just put like uh, um, uh, we are ODST commercial um, and it's it's just like it's like a it's like a story in like a two minute or like minute and a half whatever oh yeah. yeah I know what you're talking about I hear that song in my head all the time because it just it sticks with just you play it a little bit yeah I can't hear it so way to go <laughs> Do you have speakers? You could kill our mics. No, okay. I don't want to do that because okay. that would mess up the whole thing. Okay. But I remember like Is seeing that. Yeah. It's black. It so. takes. There's a little bit of oh, lead time. Yeah. So so and and I'll just say yeah. kind of what what, what you see okay. when you so it's like um, it's it's like a, a young man like a like mid teenager at a funeral. It's like a military funeral, mm-hmm. and they're marching with the flag, and they fold up the flag and they hand it to him. And so he's obviously like the it's like member. a real thing. Yeah, yeah, it's live action. Yeah, and then, and then they do like, um, you know, they go to do the gun salute, mm-hmm. and as he flinches from like the shots, it's him again, but he's older now. He's like a like eighteen, nineteen, and he's at like basic training, and you get a little montage of like them, you know, making them crawl through mud and making them jump out of like practice jumping, and then it cuts again. And you know, they're, they're shaving his hair, you know. And then they cut again, and now he's like jumping into like his first battle zone, and so he's ODST. So they, um, for if you don't know what that is, like orbital shock drop or, or orbital drop shock troopers. They they get to the battlefield the way paratroopers used to get they're to the battlefield. Paratroopers of the future. They just shoot him in a pod like a torpedo at the field, and they come out fighting. And so he lands on the thing. Big action sequence, you know, shooting his covenant, and then big explosion. They win that little engagement, and now it's like nighttime, and they're all sitting around the fire, kind of recovering from this battle. And he's he's sitting there, and he's like kind of shell shocked because this is his first fight. And then they, but they cut forward, and it's him, and he's older, and it's a different guy sitting next to him who's like shell shocked, and he's got a big, you know. So now our young man has like a big scar across his face, and he's looking at this younger guy, and they're kind of just like sitting, and the this original character like reaches into his vest and he's got the flag like tucked in and he like looks at it and then they hear like fire in the distance so he tucks it back in and him and the young guy stand up and the young guy puts his helmet on and they run off. It makes you want to join <laughs> like up with a fictional <laughs> join military the US, UNS- the ODST. Well UNSC is the big force yeah, but you yeah. want to be you want to be a hell diver though. <laughs> a hell jumper. Um, so so they, they ain't all that. But like but, but think about that like they made all this stuff for the release of a yeah. game that was gonna sell. Like yeah. they were not gonna have a problem selling this game. Oh, yeah. Um, so you know that Master Chief is like the real deal because he can just drop down without a pod. <laughs> yeah, oh, he, you know oh, well, well, in fact, he can't seem to do anything but that. Yeah, like yeah. if you try to land Master Chief <laughs> on a planet, whatever he's on is gonna crash. Yeah, it's, it's like it's how he does. Yeah. Um, so, um, okay. Other than that, XCOM, the old XCOM, oh the original XCOM from like '88 or whatever. Um, it's yeah. a microprose game. Um. I hardly think about XCOM. Jeez, it's a strategy game, right? Um, it is a strategy game. It's a turn-based game where you move your your it's pieces like, across, you know, a grid. It's like Mario plus Rabbids. Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. it's it's sure. XCOM's a more complicated version. Yeah, and this old one is actually much deeper than the new one. I love the new one because I, I had to get it when it came out. Yeah, but the old one for Microprose is um, it's super granular. Like like when you bring back the things from from a crash site, like I you can sell parts of the ship. Um, I don't even know how to get how granular this thing goes. Um, if you shoot, if one of your guys shoots a round out of his gun on on a mission, you have to be aware of that, of how many magazines you have back at your base, because if you don't have enough, the next time the ship goes out, it just won't have one for him. Like, okay. Like, it's... They have names. Like, all of your guys have names. Oh, they yeah. all have stats. Like, um... And you can just sell them and hire a new one. Like, it, it's a lot. Um, every country is giving you funding, and if you lose them, they're gone. Like, you can't get them back, even if you do really well. Mm -hmm. Um... This is a pretty old game, and I used to get up at five in the morning on Saturdays when I was in like middle school because we had the one computer in the family, and I would play until my dad needed it. Okay. And so like, and if he didn't need it, I would play until dinner time. Um, and um, over the years, I have repeatedly returned to it to play through. Um, I played it while I was here at FGCU. <laughs> um, I loaded it onto a laptop, and I would play it in between classes. Nice. Um, and I now have it. It's, it's like four bucks on Steam, by the way. It's a great game. Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I've I've been very recently like diving back in because I've become recently aware um, of a, an entire modding community that have basically laid a framework over the thing to make it like Better. more functional yeah like a lot of things that take like a lot of stupid clicking are now like keys on the keyboard oh. um and so like so the game is just and and the graphics are just they've been upscaled so it's that's not like real quick that's exactly how dwarf i played fortress. dwarf fortress i didn't play the original <laughs> version i played a modded version yeah which is now what the steam version's being built on. And, it, and and imagining the old one is hard like because yeah. i when i that's... when i reinstalled it i tried to play the old one and i was like boy this is this is actually not the game is exactly how i remember but it won't even render bigger than like this on my screen. Yeah. Like you can't make it bigger because it plays in DOSBox. And so I had, but then these guys made a mod that didn't make it. Like, so anyway, um, and then I'm always playing Bloodborne. Bloodborne is uh, a game that you never yes. stop playing. You just sometimes aren't playing it. <laughs> I had, I've played it for a while. I had a PS4 or my brother has a PS4 yeah. that um, I use whenever he's willing to let me have it. Cause yeah. we live in two different towns. Yeah. Um, literally Bloodborne was the one, as soon as I got the game, I was like, I don't know how into it I'm going to, I'm not. I wasn't too into Dark Souls. Might not be too into Bloodborne. Then I started playing Bloodborne, yeah. and I think for me, it's Dark Souls didn't make me feel scared mm. about losing mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. all. Bloodborne. Every time, like I run into like a new scary thing, I feel actually scared. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then like I'll be. I'll, I got to the point where I was getting pretty good at the game. I'd go through a few parts without having to worry too much, and then just suddenly massive monster yeah. that's not even like a boss or something would come into my path and I'd be like I don't want to play this game anymore it's uh, no no please <laughs> so I heard I heard the best analogy for it because so a core base core mechanic of it is like you kill things you get points you can spend those points to make your guy better but you can't do that unless you go back to the like hub world to spend it mm -hmm. if you die you drop all those points on the ground and if you're lucky enough to get to that spot again you can pick it back up Right, but if you die yeah. before you get there, then now those go away. Because now where you died is the new spot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bloodborne is like free diving, right? Free diving. People get off a boat and they they go down a rope as far as they can on one real human breath, and then when they're like, I can't go any further, they go back up. Right. If along the rope, every now and then, there were little oxygen tanks, but you can't see them. So here's how they right you, in the game you spawn at a spot and you're like, 
I don't know what's that way, but I'm gonna go. And you kill that enemy, and you kill that enemy, and that one surprised you, but you got him. And then you, but you, you were going for a while, and you're like, Where's the next lantern? Where's the next thing that yeah. sends me back to the hub world? I, it's like, been a while. It's been a while. I've killed, I've killed a lot of things, and I have a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. But it's but, so but, stressful. But you can, always, you can always just turn around and walk back to your lantern. Yeah. But for me, it's a pride but, thing. Well, no, no. It's not just pride. It's <laughs> if you do that and spend the points, when you spawn back at that lantern, everything respawns. Everything comes back. Now you, you know where they redo you, it all. You know where they are now. Yeah. It's easier. But. Maybe the lantern's like right there. Like, you know, so like there's always that little bit of like. He's right behind the corner. Can I get around the corner? Yeah. And if I do and there's a giant werewolf, am I going to just die and lose all my points? So, like, so so there's this thing about you testing yourself. Um, Parts in the, the, when you first start that game, there are parts of it you think you're never going to, when you see two werewolves, you're like, you can't kill two werewolves. That's not a thing. You can't do it. People can't do that. Yeah. And then. And then you learn to. And then, um, and there are people who play that game. I'm not joking. Mindful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Th- I saw a guy play it on a watermelon. Yes. Yeah. They'll, they'll <laughs> that's on that's a so watermelon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's part of that part of that fad where people, um, they'll take um, other things that aren't controllers, but wire the controller inputs to parts of them. Like, like um, so the Donkey Konga drums, yeah, right? That, that, like, I remember like, those. Right. Or like, um, um, somebody, somebody took a Nerf bow and they wired it up so they could play Overwatch. Uh, so they could they play, play Hanzo, Hanzo on the ball. Like, so like, cool. so like, like if he tilted it one way, he would run one way, and he, so he'd be like, <laughs> and he would like, so nobody could see what I was doing just now, so that's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, but like, but, but the thing is, is, you know, if it's possible to do those things, and not just because you leveled up, but because you got better. Yeah. And so, unlike a lot you of games, got yeah, better, the player got better. You know? And so, uh, unlike a lot of games where if you play it enough, long enough, your guy will just become undefeatable by those things. In Bloodborne, things that are impossible when you start the game, you're just like you watch it and you go, "That's you can't do that." You learn to do because you got better. And then when you do defeat them, when you kill a boss in Bloodborne. It's it's like winning a championship because oh, yeah. because it's insurmountable when you first meet those things. They're they are the game shows you a wall that you can't punch through, and then goes punch through that wall, and eventually you do, and you go, I didn't know you could do that, but you do, and um, it, it feels good because other games don't actually do that to you. They don't um make and this isn't this isn't the like game should be harder get good yeah. like thing. It's more along the lines of this game makes you think a thing is outside of your ability, yeah. but doesn't give you a workaround. It doesn't give you a skill tree that will beat it. It doesn't give you a, a secret weapon or a special armor mm-hmm. that will just make it work. You just have to do it. You just have to Trial do it. and error. Trial and error. That's good yeah. game design. And then eventually... Period. Yeah. By yeah. the way, Super Punch-Out is the reason that I'm good at Bloodborne. Super because when I was a kid, out! I played Super Punch-Out, and it wasn't until fairly recently on the Switch that I was playing uh-huh. with my daughter, and I realized, like, oh, these are just Bloodborne bosses. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this guy has a pattern, yeah. and you learn to recognize it in an yeah. eighth yeah. of a second. Like, he goes like this, and you go... Ugh. Like yeah. you just have to, you, you start to see the patterns, yeah. and that's that's one of the reasons why punch or something. I did a review of Hades on this podcast because yeah. I I really love the game because it takes that right, and it makes it part of the story of the game because Zagreus, the main character, son of Hades, is he he has to beat his dad uh, in a uh, you you go through the game and it's a roguelike. You play through the game. If you die, you get brought all the way back to the start. Um, but Zagreus doesn't actually die. When he dies, he gets brought back to the start, and then it's not like a respawn. That's just what happens every time he dies. He gets brought back to his house, and then everybody there is yeah. like, hey, Zagreus, see you died again. <laughs> How'd that go? Yeah. And so it's this thing where as you go and you start getting better, 
people notice what you start to do. And so at some point you maybe unlock a new weapon and the, the, the people in the game are all like, oh, I see you have this cool new weapon, super cool. But there's also things where like you beat a major boss mm. and then all the characters go like, wow, you beat the Bone Hydra? That's insane. Or somebody's like, wow, did you think you're so cool because you beat the Bone so Hydra? So it's a little, little Undertale. Yeah. The fourth it, wall where, breaking. Like, the game, the the game is, is aware that it's a game and that you're in it and it's trying to like push on you, yeah. not your character. Like, yeah. No, but it, it is your character. Yeah. It is Zag- it's Zagreus B. Everyone's like, Zagreus. You're... And then when you find you one of the, the big uh, plot points is when you finally beat Hades and uh, spoilers for Hades, uh, you, ma- you manage to meet your mother who you've haven't seen at all ever um when Zagreus goes back home he is a giddy child mm. he's going to everybody being like I found my mom I found my mom and everybody is like oh boy this is not a thing we saw coming and he escapes hell which is supposed to be yeah. an impossible thing and everyone's right. like oh my gosh Zagreus just did something that sh- like three other people have done this is insane and so it's like this thing where like you play through you get better and the story rewards you yeah with that like uh with Bloodborne it's your milestones do it, but your milestones in Hades are also the story. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's a great tie into that. I feel like I feel like they probably learned quite a bit from probably. games like that. And then and there's a real fast, and I gotta let that that what we've been playing and watching go. But like um, the cap around Bloodborne is it has procedurally generated dungeons. So if you're like, I've done all the things, I've beaten the whole game, but you can like walk up to a thing and go, make a dungeon, and it goes, and it throws you into it, and there's four levels, there's level one, level two, level three, boss. And so, and if you beat that one, you can go, make another dungeon, and you've never seen this dungeon, because it's procedurally generated. And what's also cool is when it generates them, it tells you uh, like a like a character set, right? H12, you know, M, X, right? Like, it gives you a character set, you can give that to someone else, and they can play that dungeon. So if you're like, dude, I just played a super dungeon, the boss was amazing, and it's got all this, and this, the combination of enemies in it is almost impossible. You just give it to your friend, and they can punch that in, and the game will make that dungeon for that. That's cool. And so there's an entire um, subreddit for it called, um, uh, good lord, Prospectors, something like that. If, if you type in Bloodborne Dungeon Community, like it's like I think it's, they're called Prospectors because they're miners, um, and. Um, it's just it's just a bunch of people sharing cool dungeons that have good rewards and or or really rewarding boss fights. Okay. Um, prospect miners. What that? Uh, new to Charles Dungeon. Uh, yeah, I remember I went Sacred through Sacred Ch- Chalice Dungeons. That's what I see pop up. That's the name of the dungeons, or they're called. Oh, um, oh. Chalice Dungeon subreddit. It's. I remember playing through the. I when I was. Oh, first, tomb, tomb prospectors. Tomb, tomb prospectors. prospectors. Yep. Yeah. My first time playing through Bloodborne, I didn't know anything. I was. I was just kind of exploring like a child, just being like, "Ooh, what's this thing?" Um, oh. <laughs> and um, I remember playing through one of those, and I thought it was like a scripted part of the game because I played through it, and I'm like, "Oh, that was cool." I beat the boss. I go back, and then I'm like, "You know, I need more souls." Let me do this thing again because I already remember everything. Whatever, I got thrown into it, and it was a completely Super different thing. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh no," because you can't. You, if you back out, you like completely back out. And I was like, "Part of my pride wants me. I gotta forward. I have to go forward." Yeah, but also, I need souls. That's why I'm here. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, those are probably now that I know what those actually are. That's super cool. Yeah, like, I really like that. With the whole progression thing about you know going forward and like when's the when's the next save point or whatever or what what's gonna what what am i gonna see i feel that way every time i play metroid 
a Metro game that Metro I'm not takes some of with. that. Yeah, you know, especially Prime Two specifically because save points are few and far between, mm -hmm. and I get like. Of course, Metroid does a certain thing with the atmosphere and the vibe and the aesthetic to make you feel alone, isolated, and kind of scared sometimes. And I feel that way when, or I, I was feeling that way because I've been playing Metroid Prime 2. And I, I remember my first time going through Dark Aether, Aether uh, I was like, where is the save point? I am freaking out because every time I get out of these safe bubbles, I'm getting damaged and stuff and just anxiety and stuff. So I, that's why I don't touch Bloodborne or... Uh, it's Dark okay, Souls. yeah. It, you're, you're probably really excited for okay. Metroid Dread. Though. Oh, oh, yeah, he a is new super trailer about it. dropped yeah. uh, this morning. I was on the toilet and I saw it, <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like, it's really just Yo. the picture, the story. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you, uh, to be fair for those people listening who are thinking about trying this game, if you have anxiety issues, maybe don't do Bloodborne. Yeah. It is because when you are creeping forward little by little in these dungeons and you don't know what's around every corner and any one of them, this is the kind of game where if something hits you, it might just kill you. Like like. There, there are a lot of enemies that are just like, ah, oh, they hit you once. That's it. Uh, yeah. Also, so, yeah. a lot of jump scares. A lot of um, jump scares. Yeah. Especially early. Especially early in the game. Yeah. There's a lot of enemies that like hide behind specific oh, spots. Oh, I understand. And they actually can't be spotted. Like you can't see them. There's some where you can use third person stuff to kind of use your camera around the corner. To look around the corner. Yeah. But most of the time, it's you. You just gotta know they're there. Yeah. So you know, um, I. Because of its nature, like always, kind of pushing on you. Even when you're done with it, you just try it. Like you just keep playing it. So, mm -hmm. um, that's that's my most of my media consumption. As far as music, I mean, I I'm listening to a lot of baby metal right now because baby metal. that's a perpetual thing in my house. Hmm. Um, baby metal is a the mashup of um, the most J-poppy J-pop you can think of, and then like metal. Mm -hmm. um, and oh. it is it is three. The the lead singers are three uh, fairly young, not like fairly young, like teenager like fairly young like in their 20s young adults like japanese ladies and they sing like j-pop style mm -hmm. but the backing band is like death metal mm. and it's awesome um and my daughter that was her first concert uh when she was like six wow. because well so so like on youtube you know they got all the videos and sure. so she was like she'd, she'd watch them and she danced to they it's it's j-pop they are wearing like you know the fluffy like gothic dresses and they're doing like choreography but just in the background dun, 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 right and so <laughs> oh uh, this is totally your style it's amazing so so here's the deal is uh she thought she thought that it was <laughs> yeah she thought it was awesome she was like she was like that's cool and so she, she was doing the dances with them and um i ha youtube does did the thing that it does it was like it was like there's a concert coming like it you know the advertising yeah. worked because i was like there's oh a concert coming. boy and i clicked the thing and they were coming to the Hard Rock in Orlando. Cool. And they were coming with um, Avatar, which is a very cool band that um, I also enjoy. And I just asked, I asked my daughter, like, hey, it, you want to go to this thing? Mm -hmm. And she was like, can we? And I was like, yeah. And so we went up. We spent a day in Orlando. We went to the concert. It blew her mind. That's great. And she was just like, this is amazing. And I was like, that's what concerts are like. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Um, and so ever since, it's not perpetually on, um, but uh, I do most of my music listening in the car because if I go to pick her up, we listen to music. Right. And so we've been listening to that a lot recently, getting it, you know, you go, you go in and out of a band, you know, and so right now yeah. we're listening to a lot of it. It's fun. If you, if, if, if you haven't heard of it before, it's a pretty solid um, group. Yeah. Concerts themselves can be like a catalyst for thousands of people's like song stories. Right. Yes, yep. absolutely. They're very no. common on the show, yeah. Yes, like, 
I haven't really experienced one. Like I, I've, I've talked about on my episode, I've been to symphony orchestras, right, for Pokemon and Zelda. Yeah, I went to uh, Video Games Live. They were here. Oh yeah. At um, whatever the what is it called now? The it was Hertz. Is it still Hertz? Yeah. Okay. It's been like eight things. So <laughs> isn't it? Isn't this? No, it was Sprint. It was Jermaine. It was oh. Jermaine. It was Tico. Tico. There was one in between. There was one uh, after one of those. But yeah, Hertz Arena. Right. Uh, Video Games Live came. Tommy Tallarico. Cool. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays an electric guitar, but it's shaped like a sniper rifle from Halo. Nice. Oh, yo. Yo. Yeah. And he gives himself the Steve Vai solo because it's his show. Like, <laughs> so it's a big orchestra playing, but he's the one that gets to come out. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's but, so cool. Yeah, like. So right there, that could be like a potential song story for your daughter. And oh, absolutely. <gasps> thousands of other people yeah. share just about the same thing and that's uh one thing i love about music is uh it, it connects people mm-hmm. like right it's, it's all interconnected and i i think i even talked about it in like that meeting the other day or like last yeah week which by the way you deserve a raise yeah oh you did thank good you in so that much. meeting we had a we had Tell a very me how i did i never had, really asked you did amazing. We had you a, did amazing. We, I we looked over a, Richard and I was like, <laughs> we, we, had a, we had a big big staff creative meeting about our station and what kind of things we want to be making. And it's Jared like, was... What's important, what's not, yeah. what direction and we should go. Jared blah, was blah. invited to come and... Um, By the big boss herself. Yeah. Like, like she was like, you know, you should you should come to this thing. And we're like, like you don't come to this thing. Because like, it was going to be very corporate-y. But, but he, he was invited and he came. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then... We he got to say things that we couldn't say, <laughs> like when we were like we should be investing in this thing with the podcast and things like like because of how important it is and it's too self serving for us to say that right. But he was proselytizing for so. us and he yeah well I mean it right from the mouth of babes <laughs> like yeah, um, yeah. and and um, you, you really did you know make make I think an impact on on people there who have not heard our show before yeah yeah um, but yeah. but you're right so I mean this is this is that thing where. Um, and I, I touched it like really lightly earlier, but mm-hmm. like that's why I like specifically video game music mm-hmm. because when you're play, when you're when what you could you can watch movies and walk away with different things even though it's identical on the screen right. because it's about like your perspective of the thing. But often the narrative of a game enforces itself kind of like on your experience, yeah. right? Because it's about you're like you're managing your way through a story instead of watching somebody move through a story, mm-hmm. and so. If we play the same game, if the music direction is done well, yep. and it and it anchors that music to those mm-hmm. moments, we have the same moments. Mm-hmm. So like if you play the first three notes of Eris's theme oh. from Final Fantasy VII, we f- we all feel the same thing if you've played it. Or like the Halo theme mm-hmm. or um, the Dwarf Fortress music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, what what what's a what's a what would you say is the biggest mainstream game that you played, Mike? That we would all have likely played. Quake. Quake. Doom. Quake. Doom. 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 If you play the Doom theme, we all feel a thing. Yeah. yeah. So like, so, um, I think that that's neat because a lot of those things happen independent. Like you don't do them in a group, like a movie. You can watch mm-hmm. a movie in a group. You play the game. You can play the game with people around you, but only when you play. Yeah. Like only if you like. If Patrick and I were to sit down and play Breath of the Wild together for yeah. the first time. Yeah. Right. And if I have the controller and he's spectating. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be feeling a lot different it's than different. what he is. Yeah, it's super different. You know? yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. And and so what that means though is if you take an aggregate of all those people who played that game and put them in a room, yeah. and a symphony yeah. plays that song, they're all kind of going to the same place together. Like yeah. like they're like I don't I know that that guy way over there on the balcony. He's feeling the same thing I'm feeling, and I don't know that guy. Yeah. 
but but why did we come to the video game concert? We because, all have something because in we common, wanted, yeah. You know, um, and so um, I, you know, we talk about individual stories. That's like our whole thing on the podcast about like how everybody has their own thing. Mm-hmm. But that's the flip side of it that I really enjoy about video games, especially. Although it's true for other media, but like, right? It's especially true is that like when you get pushed through the sieve of a story, mm-hmm. what comes out the other side is a certain shape. And if we all play that game, we all come out something like that. It's somewhat and, similar. Yeah, and and the music involved in that yeah. can just drag you back into that shape. Mm-hmm. You feel those moments. And some of those are like really big moments because you invest time, you have effort, like with Bloodborne. Yep. Um, you invest maybe maybe you that like human bond with it like with Halo a, like you play a lot of you put a lot of time playing with friends and there could be like a lot of emotional connection when oh, it comes de- to it too. yeah definitely you're like the you get you're emotionally character. attached to yeah. your characters yeah. or just something about it connects to you like maybe maybe the narrative mm-hmm. connects to you personally like Celeste because that has to do with uh, oh jeez oh yeah um, oh, what was what was the uh, thing. Is it anxiety? I think so. Yeah. That, that's Something the, like that? That's the fairly, fairly, um, it, it's like an NES looking, but it's yeah, really yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Celeste, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it, the, the, the composer, yeah. the composer designed the songs to sort, like a bunch of the songs are meant to invoke yeah. anxiety. Oh, sure. Yeah. So it, and also like the, the composition of that game is like Best of the games or, today. or I got one for you. Mm-hmm. Um, go, go play the first Silent Hill. Oh yeah, okay. because yeah. it's not scary because it's scary. I mean, it is, but like <laughs> that's not why it's scary. Most of that game is like like a slow existential dread moment because yeah. like you're just like, I don't know what's gonna happen around me. They made a game where everything is foggy for graphic purposes, yeah. but like, but but they just use it to their advantage. They're like, oh, we can't draw anything like four feet away from you. Fine, we'll put fog everywhere. Yep. Now you're terrified. Yeah. Or we'll make it dark. We'll make it very very dark. So you have a flashlight that sometimes doesn't work. Yeah. Like, like these are they were using the technology they had available to make you feel away, without forcing you to feel that way. Mm-hmm. No one was like existential dreads. Like right, they were just like, we're gonna show you fog. We're gonna show you lights. We're gonna give you a flashlight. You're gonna explore. Once every forty minutes, there's going to be a monster. But right. all, but that's not the part that's like scary. It's the part. It's the unknown. It's running like from what pyra- you're not running from see. Pyramid Head is not that scary. Right. The forty minutes leading up to the part where you see Pyramid Head is terrifying. You're like, when is he going to come? It could be any moment. Where? Uh, uh, that reminds me a lot. Uh, just the uh, Resi- the newest Resident Evil game. There is a a part of the game where the whole game your character is looking for a son. Um, there's a part a daughter of, uh, always daughter, daughter. Oh. <laughs> well uh, there's a part of the game where you start hearing baby cries oh man I know what you're doing and <laughs> you start so you start to disturbing re- you start to relax a bit you start going you're like okay okay I know uh, I, this is the end or something yeah, right you yeah. start start pushing through pushing through pushing through and you the the hallways are skinny yeah. and dark and as you're going you're through like these hallways hearing this <laughs> these baby cries you, the darkness suddenly reveals uh-huh. a uh. giant, uh. fleshy, red baby it's a, thing. It's just a big baby. It's, it's, a, just, giant, a, it's just a giant, giant fleshy baby just that just looks baby. at you and goes, but like, but like giant, giant as in like can't fit through a doorway. Giant. Like you can't go past it. Yeah, and these are really <laughs> but, well, skinny but It's bigger than a door. So yeah. like you run from it and then you run through a door and it's like, Pah! and it's like laughing. 
It's, yeah. it's like baby just, laughing. It's just it's, baby laughing. Does it call out to you too? Like daddy. Uh, it's, yeah, it, it says daddy. Yeah. It's it. You, as you're running from it, so if you hide, because because it, it does follow you a lot. If you hide, sometimes it'll just go and be like daddy. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh no. It's a big rope adult. So sequence. so like well and so so a big part of that is that you know and and we're on games here is that other media often. Um, and we'll do like for books, yeah. for TV or movie. Like, it shows you a character feeling something. I was gonna, and then invites gonna you, this up. and then yep. like invites you to feel. Yep. Right? Like, I'm gonna show you a sad scene. And I there's sad movies. Like, you can watch you Marley can, and Me, Grave of the Fireflies. Like, <laughs> um, like, yeah, like you you watch that and something happens. The first Pokemon, and you can no, that's no, that's <laughs> it, that's triumphant. <laughs> After, yeah. Um, yeah, my daughter did not cry even a little bit at that. What? Um, she's made of stone. Um, she watched. She watched our tax. Did I not tell you this story? My daughter watched Neverending Story for the first time, and I got super hyped about it because I was like, "This is seminal. This is a great moment." And then we got to the part with our tax and the, the swamp sadness, and we're, my wife and I are like on each side of her, and we're like, "Here we go. This is gonna be the part." And he's sinking in, and uh, Trey's like, "Don't you know? You gotta pull yourself out, or you're gonna die." And there's. The last shot, and by the way, I remembered it way more sanitized than it really is. They show that horse going basically in, like, like a real horse. It was a very good actor. Yeah. Or they abused it. Like, like it was. They. It's like here, and the liquid's going, and I, and I look over at my daughter, and she's just like with the popcorn. She's just like. <laughs> like you're just staring at the screen, shoveling two hands, like not. And she was. I mean, she was interested. Yeah. She was glued to the screen, but like. I was. I remember crying. That. Like I remember being like, "Don't let the horse die," and he dies. Like, so. Um, so she can sit through Iron Giant without batting an eye. Oh man, that crushes me every time. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, yeah, she's seen Iron Giant. Yeah. Oh um, wow. Yeah. So so. What if you? Why did you do that? Why would you do that to this person? Um, so so. You know. It shows you something happening to someone else and invites you to feel a way about mm-hmm. it. But in a game, even if obviously you're not the character, there's a character that's hap- it's happening to, but you're controlling the character. Yeah. If you just put the controller down, the game stops. stops. So it's doing it to you. Yeah. And so I think that whatever that thing is, right? Adventure, fear, romance, like the game is doing something to you. Mm-hmm. And you're a willing participant because if you don't play, the game won't move forward without you. And so it's a it's a better better it's a more direct path to like the same thing that like really good movies are hoping to do. Yeah. Like when a really good movie is like I I'm just trying to instill this thing in my viewers, right? But it doesn't always land. It doesn't always land, and it can be really hard to make people feel away. And the games, I think, get like a super shortcut to it by making you do the thing. Yeah, it's and then interactive. The, you literally get sucked into this world yeah. if you feel like it, if yeah. you want to. So, um, yeah, I don't want to get too producy about this, but I gotta go soon. So, yeah, what do we do. I mean, we can just finish it up right here. Oh God, uh, <laughs> I want to say one more yeah, thing. Show. Go ahead. Uh, the one thing I'm looking forward to, the one thing that I will take a break from Star Trek Four mm-hmm. if it comes out, I think it will, is uh, the next season of The Expanse. The yeah, I'm a big fan of these fans. You don't know the Expanse? Hey, while he's typing that up, pa- Patrick, would you like to be on the show? Ooh. Yes. Yeah? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. <laughs> we know how to find you. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> September 17th. Hey, that's your date. Booked. <laughs> Seriously, we're out of time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, start thinking of your shows. Our uh, songs. Oh, yes. 
Anything else? Anybody else want to say something? No? Yes? Uh, no? Maybe? This was a fun episode. It was. That's all I have to say. You or guys are great guests. Do you want to save it for the end card? Oh, you, you do your thing. Yeah. All right, that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Razzle Dazzle. Please make sure to check us out on Instagram at Razzle Dazzle Show and on Twitter at Razzle Dazzle Show. And don't forget to follow, subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. That'll be lovely. And don't forget to check out three song stories anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, all that good stuff. Uh, thank you, Richard, Mike, for coming on the show. You guys were amazing. Thank and you. And we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. This was Bye. awesome. Uh, I have so much editing to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh I did warn you. Yep. Oh. Okay. I'm going to stop recording.